John Podcast Network. Give a bit? No. 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 Might just talk like this. Oh That's god. Dracula. Now it's yeah, fuck. <laughs> I mean it's not I'm still super over the far map. off. <laughs> Charles Bronson should have played Dracula. Well uh, Charles That would have been great. Charles Bronson is like Peter Lurie, except people knew that Peter Lurie came from somewhere else. Like, well, Charles Bronson, like, he sounds like he comes from somewhere else. He just has, like, it's like a cartoon, it sounds like a cartoonish Bronx guy <laughs> accent, but no. He should have played Dracula. <laughs> I'm from Kansas. Welcome to my castle. Come on in here. <laughs> where, is, it, where is Charles Bronson from? For a marquee, you know, leading man who was the main character in many, many action films, that dude's got, like, a character actor face by today's standards. Like, you would never have a lead actor that looked like that. Those That combination. You, you could tell me he was from space. You could tell me he was from Atlantis. I'm the last survivor of Atlantis. We all talked like this before the island sank beneath the waves. Uh, do y'all want to play a game where you guess where he's from? I will play, but can you just tell me whether he is from the U.S. at all? He is or from. Not? He is from the U.S. at all. Okay, then I am gonna say. Let's see. What sound? What state? What state sounds the most natural coming out of Charles Bronson's? Let me try. New Mexico. That's not bad. Virginia. Nah. No. Tejas. <laughs> <laughs> he would 100% pronounce it Tejas. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with New Mexico. That was my... Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with Illinois. Illinois. Will is the closest, geographically speaking. Yeah. He is from Ehrenfeld, Pennsylvania. He is from Pennsylvania? <laughs> Born in Pennsylvania. But where is El... Because there's Ehrenfeld. Pennsylvania and then there's Pennsylvania. Tucky, yeah. It's Pennsylvania. I was going to say <laughs> it's, it's between Harrisburg and Pittsburgh. Okay. That yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> so yep. that feels... Uh, yeah. Because I, I, what I was going for, I was going for like Chicago, but not quite right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Like, something's wrong in Chicago is his accent. I like that deep dish pizza. <laughs> a great movie charles bronson is chicago dracula yo i was thinking he's lithuanian oh yeah. your people i know the, he sing we sing the song of our people oh boy allerson well because i was i was just thinking uh i was thinking that he is probably the only person that join I... me as we dance the mamushka uh, <laughs> so it, it, it's him jean-claude van damme and maybe um well van damme and... famously is the muscles from brussels there's no thing you no, can no, no, make no, no. i wasn't talking about that well there's nothing you can make be a, oh. an easy way to remember Ehrenfeld, <laughs> pennsylvania so, so here's why he's got a weird fucked up accent he'll entertain you from Ehrenfeld, pennsylvania <laughs> charles <laughs> According to the Wikipedia, Bronson did not speak any English at home during his childhood in Pennsylvania, like many children he grew up with. Oh. Besides English, he could also speak Lithuanian, Russian, and Greek. Okay. Okay. So yeah, yeah, growing growing up not speaking English. Yeah. And, yeah. 
and have yeah a weird tonal different language yeah yep that's cool yeah that's awesome actually yeah yeah that's really great i i wish i could speak uh, any other language well, oh th- yeah i don't know any I, f- I feel like <laughs> i feel like um what's his name uh captain kirk uh Shatner? Yeah, I feel like Shatner was trying to, like, explain away his odd, th- like, the way he speaks because of uh, Esperanto. Mm, like, yeah. his family was, like, real big in Esperanto. <laughs> yeah, he stars in one of, like, th- Two. three or whatever, <laughs> yes. like, major released Esperanto films. Yeah. If you hear him tell it, he stars in the only one. But there are, like, two others. Yeah. Yeah, I want to get a copy of that. Oh, but what I was going to say is Charles Bronson is like uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme in so uh, insofar as he is one of the few people I can see acting as himself in a movie being himself. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme famously as both a series and a movie where he is himself. Yeah, J- <laughs> JCVD. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I could, I could have seen that, definitely. Because yeah. there's nothing you could do He's so unflappable. I've only seen him now in like three things, uh, maybe four. I've, I've definitely seen him in um, The Great Escape. We were talking about this a little before yeah. we recorded, but uh, and uh, I've seen a couple of the Death Wish movies, but I don't remember which ones or how much of any or whatever. I definitely saw it more than one, but maybe not two whole films. <laughs> one um, and one half. Yeah, and then I've seen this uh, this film that we're talking about today. And, like, he's so unflappable in all of... Like, in, you know, Death Wish, famously, it's like, my, you know, my wife was murdered and my daughter was sexually assaulted and I'm an architect and I'm going to get vengeance. But that's the the way he delivers, like, all of his lines. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Like, everything is just that. He's so, like, unflappable-seeming that you could do anything to him and it would be hilarious and entertaining. Like, you could put him... He should have been, like, on Seinfeld. He should have played Kramer. <laughs> it's like... And he comes in, he's like, Hey, Jerry, I need to borrow your whatever the hell. He's like, Oh, well, you need to do that! Levels, Jerry. I'm going to turn my apartment into levels. <laughs> like a ski lodge. They're doing the contest. They're all talking about how long they could last. He comes in, slams somebody on the table. He's like, I'm out. <laughs> it would be great he would work in a comedy setting he absolutely works in you know action settings maybe not drama <laughs> frankly my dear I don't give a damn <laughs> he rides off on a horse firing guns I, I will say this was like really dialogue light love means never having to say you're sorry oh boy <laughs> so, trying to think of other famous uh, dr- dramatic lines I'll be right here Elliot I'm the king of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or alternately, draw me like one of your French girls. <laughs> draw me like one of your French girls. I'll never let go, Jack. I'll never let go. <laughs> they call it the heart of the ocean. <laughs> Recast Titanic entirely with Charles Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking art project that would be. When did he pass away? Um, it was before, I believe it was before John Stewart's tenure on The Daily Show. Wow. And how I remember that weird fact is um, the bit was, you know, Charles Bronson has passed away. And they did one of those like jokey upper third graphic things. Mm-hmm. And the, there was a photo of Charles Bronson and it said, Death Wish actor gets wish. <laughs> Uh, is my recollection. I'm pretty sure it was The Daily Show, and I'm pretty sure it was p- 
pre John Stewart. Okay. Was it Craig Kilborn? Craig Kilborn was the first. Okay. Yes. Yeah. John actually John Stewart started The Daily Show in 1999. Okay. Um Charles Bronson didn't die until August 30th, 2003. All right, so it is possible then that I'm conflating Craig Kilborn's time on The Daily Show with Craig Kilborn as a late night host. Mm. Maybe. Cuz he it might have been a bit he did on his late night cuz he hosted The Late Late Show before it was Craig Ferguson. Oh, okay. They only had to change half the sign. <laughs> um, was that a joke they used? Because they probably, <laughs> I'm sure they did. They're they're professional comedy writers, and I'm not. Just because uh, they haven't started to pay you yet. And that's true. No one pays me, and if they did, it wouldn't be enough. Um, <laughs> but I'd like to see an offer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please slide that slide that envelope across the table. And pad we'll, my lope. Pad my lope, as Matt Cardona would say, bafflingly. He would say, pad my lope. <laughs> he said it during a pay-per-view, and I literally, I literally was like, the fuck did he say? And we took it back, and I was like, that's what I heard. That doesn't make any sense to me. And it took me, I tweeted at him, like, five times over three weeks. And then three weeks later, he released a t-shirt, which explained visually that pad my lope means put more money in my pay envelope. And I was like, oh, thank you, t-shirt. <laughs> I directly tweeted at Matt Cordona like five times. He never once responded to me. But thank you, T-shirt. Well, because also the entire concept of pay envelope is a work to begin with. So you're just like... Yeah. But we haven't talked about anything about what we're doing here. Hello, excellent humans. Welcome to another Hate Watch, Great Watch. I'm your host, Charles Bronson. Should I do the whole episode of Charles Bronson? No, because you've already said more than he would ever say in That's any of true. his movies. <laughs> That's fine. You guys got to do all the talking and I'll just say, yes. No. <laughs> Dude, he says no like once. He says yes He so says much. no twice. He says yes. I counted 14 times. Well, see, that's, it just and makes, sure. It makes I counted the, sure. It makes the no more powerful. It does. It <laughs> made it genuinely hilarious. Yeah. He's generally very agreeable. Yeah. He's just like, yes, yeah, the whole time. And then there was, like, one, like, cut to something happening. And he was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, fucking zing. You got zanged. Um, I'm your host, Hunter Bush. Joined, as always, by my co-host. Allison Nicholas. And our return guest. Is this, what is this, four times? Three? Four uh, times? Dr. Goldfoot. Uh, Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Iger Sanction. Yeah, I guess four. No, no. And no. then uh, Felix. Yeah, oh, Felix. Felix. Oh, yeah. shit. Five. Yeah, yeah huh. five times. Oh, yeah, it's me. Uh, Will. Uh, Congleton. Uh, C-O-N-G-L-E-T-O-N. That comes up a lot. Actually. Social security number. <laughs> Find him on LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn. Uh, what are we talking about today, Charles? Uh, we're, we're, we're doing a... So we were going to do f- funny story. It's not funny. Uh, we were going to do one of the Dr. Mabuse films. I have two of them. and the f- Which is why I'm technically here to begin. Yeah, I was like, oh, we'll do one of those. Because Will has been wanting to do one. I, I picked up two of them in the past like couple of months. And uh, I haven't seen either. And I confused which one. So initially I brought down one. I'm looking at the runtime. Like, I remember this as being not... I was like, there's a couple. There's like six or something Mabuse yeah. films. And um, 
I remember looking at the differences and whatever, and some of them are long and some of them are not as long. And I was like, I remember this as being one of the short ones. And I looked and it's four hours. And I was like, oh, we don't have time for that at all. <laughs> so then I was like, I have the other one. What's the other one? The other one is two hours. And I was like, okay, that's more reasonable. And then like right next to it on my shelf was this film uh, directed by Michael Winner. It's The Mechanic from 1972 starring Charles Bronson. And I was like, oh, I had talked to Will about maybe doing this at some point because Allison and I watched it uh, some odd months ago. Yeah. And we had a good time with it. And um, I was like, oh, you know, maybe this might be something that Will would enjoy. Like, you know, some 70s films. To be fair, I did get on board thinking you were talking about The Machinist. Oh, the, uh, yeah, Christian Bale uh, is a haunted man thing. Which, uh, fun fact, he took that, I might have told this on the air, but... He took that role because uh, he ends up like weighing like 70 pounds or something mm-hmm. in that film. And um, he took that role to show that he had the chutzpah. Yeah, the chutzpah to um, control his body and reshape himself. Um, and that was what got him because they were like, he's not going to be able to get big enough to play Batman. Batman's got to be a towering muscular monster. And it's like, that's not true. And we were actually talking before we went on the air. About the Pattinson. The Pattinson, who refused to bulk up to play Batman. Yeah. And uh, I have no real interest in that film, because I've seen uh, too many Batman movies. Um, I don't care, really, anymore. I'm I'm good. I'm all full up on Batman, really. Um, So I'm not in any rush to see that, but I do respect him being like, I'm not bulking up. Why the fuck would I bulk up? Why is that important? You're just going to CG them or put them in a rubber suit with fake muscles carved in it anyway. So who cares? And if you're lucky, nipples. Yeah. God willing. <laughs> I bet Momoa's probably like, I requested nipples, bro. <laughs> Sculpt them nips. My man! He just says that a lot. <laughs> the best part of the whole fucking movie is uh, the one time Aquaman yells, my man. <laughs> yeah. Movie sucks. There wasn't a lot to like, no. Um, so since this was kind of an audible and I, I threw it out last minute, I will do the walkthrough of the plot pretty quickly. Um, the mechanic is a story of Arthur Bishop. He's a mechanic, but he'll hold your horses. He doesn't work on cars now, nor as Not they... Not in the traditional way. As they... No, he doesn't. No, uh, and then uh, they also throw out the alternate of, like, a card mechanic, like somebody that deals cards at a casino. Which I have also never heard. Oh, oh I've yeah. heard that, yeah. Oh, really? Uh, there is a... So I, I wrote a piece on magician documentaries, because there are several, and I love them all. Um, and the one on Hulu, I believe, still is called Delt, and it's about a uh, guy who is blind, who is a card mechanic, which basically, like, he has such control over his hands that he can feel where various cards are in the deck at any given time. Hmm. Yeah. And kind of has the deck memorized, because Well, I mean, they all come them. in the first set. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. And if you know yeah. which side yeah. you're shuffling on. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's got to talk about easy, how he's got a three-pack-a-day yeah. habit. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's incredible. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's like, one of the best documentaries I've maybe ever seen. I mean, really just because he's fascinating. Huh. Uh, and it's really very, very uh, engrossing yeah. stuff. But she's not wrong. Like, every single documentary I've ever seen about magicians or aspiring magicians or stage magic anything, it's always really interesting. Because <laughs> yeah. there's such a, you know, it's like, so, it's like wrestling. It's the, you know. Richard Turner. Hmm. You know, it's that kind of oh, thing. Oh, like those sh- those shitty TV specials on Fox with the guy in the dumb mask. Yep. Yeah. I forget what it was, but man, that was... Magic's greatest secrets revealed. Hi, I'm Jonathan Frakes. Yes, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can watch a bunch of those on YouTube. They're still fun. Huh. Yeah. Because it's just like, you know, it's Jonathan Frakes in full-on Ripley's Believe It or Not like mode, and he's just like, normally when you get into bed, you don't expect to be stabbed by thousands of swords. Well, <laughs> and you're just like, what? <laughs> and then it just cuts over to that guy doing the trick. <laughs> those things are weird as hell. What a weird time. Uh, I was obsessed with those when I was like 10. I'm not so much a fan of like, doing the magic as i am about like understanding understanding the, the people that are interested in it this yeah. is very much my shit magicians are a fascinating breed yeah um but bronson is the third kind of mechanic yeah <laughs> he's the kind that kills people and as we see in very elaborate ways um, above and beyond Bond villain ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably thinking like, oh, he's a hitman. He, you know, climbs to the top of a tall building. And he's got a sniper gun with a scope, and then he shoots that guy as he gets out of his car, and then he's gone before they know what hit him. Nope. If this was a video game, he goes in for entirely environmental kills. It is. <laughs> it's very much like some of the hitman levels. Yeah, because like, yeah. in, in, in Hitman, you can play it where you just like run around punching, stabbing people, and whatever. And certain missions that'll work or, just fine. Uh, or checking you, your briefcase at them. Right. Or you can dress up like Santa, climb through their chimney, right. and murder them in their sleep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's whole other ways to play Hitman where you're like, oh, if I do this thing, it'll cause that chandelier to kill everybody in the room at the fucking you know fashion show or whatever and yeah. you're just like great the uh, <laughs> mousetrap like strategy yeah it is it's a uh, yeah. we'll yeah. refer to it as a rube, rube goldberg machine yes. you know while we're watching which is like yes. kind of true I he know. does these very elaborate things under the auspices of making it look like an accident yeah, the first thing i wrote was complicated rube goldberg-esque murder scenarios that end up being entirely pointless mm -hmm. they don't though <laughs> a there's an art to it. If you're blowing up an apartment building at yeah. the end of this, yeah. you could have started with that. <laughs> no, 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 no. They had to, he had to build. There's reasons. <laughs> we can get into it. I got to say my favorite joke, which is, ah, yes, another Rube for my Goldberg machine. <laughs> gotcha. Good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Rube. I, Rube. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to say it in the Bronson voice, but well, I can't do it very well. Well, you could, but you have to hit that B. <laughs> Rube. An yes, that's close. <laughs> Another rube for my Goldberg machine. That's how it's I like. He really punches syllables. Yeah. I uh, was in the Great Escape. Like. <laughs> I think I made that same joke on our Doctor Goldford episode. <laughs> rube Goldberg machine. I think so. Maybe. <laughs> Listeners, let us know. It would, it, would, yeah, it would make it not would, our job. It would be an apt use of that joke. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, so he's a hitman, and we watch him um, hit do an elaborate hit uh, early in the film, which we'll we'll get back into. Then uh, he meets with like a friend of his, uh, who, you know, you, I I thought initially watching the movie he was the guy pulling the strings, but he's not. He's just a, a friend and an acquaintance, um, who then turns out to be the next target. Um, but while he's at the guy's house, he meets the the guy's son. His son is named Steve. Who does appear to be a houseboy at first, but you have to let the uh, introduction set in. Yeah, he's played uh, by Jan Michael Vincent, who is uh, very, uh, very good looking, especially in 1972 or 71 or whenever they filmed this. Um, he kind of looks, he looks like Josh Hartnett. I was thinking Vincent, uh, vintage pornography myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he does. He looks very much like a, like a houseboy. But you find out it's, you know, father and son. 
And so then Bronson pulls the hit on, you know, the dad, and he sees the kid at, uh, you know, he's a grown man, but he sees the son at the funeral, and the son starts sort of like pressing for information where he's like, hey, you're a hitman, right? And Bronson's like, I don't, you know, playing it close to the vest. And he won't confirm or deny, um, but, uh, you know, they, they start palling around together. Bronson knows he's interested in the life, but he's sort of trying to vet him to see if he can actually handle it or if he's just like some punk kid that thinks it'd be cool to shoot people or whatever. Okay, because a, a lot of this could be taken more than one way. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. And they end up pulling a couple of jobs together, but the uh, the first of which gets kind of sloppy, draws a lot of attention. It's hilarious. Yes. Uh, and then the you know second one in the climax of the film ends up being a ruse um, to lure them out there to potentially kill both of them. And failing that, they've had um, you know Steve target Charles Bronson for elimination. Um, so kind of either way, Bronson knows going into this, like he's not getting, he's not going back home after this. And that's, you know, that's pretty much the whole plot of the movie. It's, you know, him training this assistant or, you know, potential replacement one day and then, you know, getting killed by him. So, that's yeah, I got my job. Yeah. <laughs> so we all got our jobs. We inherited this podcast from somebody else, a better, older podcast. It was about woodworking. Hate wood, great wood. Hate wood, great wood. That's I only had to change half the sign. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's a callback. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's talk about the first hit because it sets the tone for the movie. Um, I love the movie opens straight up with like a shot of the sky, and then Charles Bronson raises his head up in a frame, and then the piano is like, <laughs> and you're just like, what? <laughs> in this is very weirdly like tense oh yeah like i I appreciate the score of the movie it was a very good score however sometimes it is inappropriate or out of place in a lot of scenes well i think that it's trying to inspire more tension than you actually get in the film you know that yeah they had that one chase scene that just had torgo's theme from manos the hands of fate just (laughs) up an octave like i was just i was just like i was I, w- I was more into the theme than I was to the chase. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, piano stuff, strings. It's very, like, jazzy. There's a lot of, like, uh, arpeggios and things. That's and the word I was thinking of. Yep. Archipelagos. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of, like, arpeggios and yeah. things. Full and full piercing in spots. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of, like, dead air. Yeah. Um, or, like, sustained notes and things. It's, it's, it's good, though. I really, actually, genuinely like about 80 percent of it yeah. agree some of it i'm like this is a lot let's tone it down there's one i think it's the the bike chase which is the job that gets kind of sloppy um i think it's during the bike chase there's just this thing where it felt like he whoever did the score had taken like a famous melody and, and like was playing like one of those notes on every like quarter you know like because it was just like bump bump bink bunk bunk bink bunk and i'm like it almost sounds like something like <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was real weird, but um, for the most part, I, I genuinely like it. But so I love that that's how the movie starts. Just like it's like fucking look at Charles Bronson, look at him. <laughs> like, yep. And yeah, man, like I was, you know, kidding about opening the film. He's got just like the craziest, craggliest face. He looks like a cigar store Indian. <laughs> like you see all the miles, you know, yep. on that face, and like that's awesome. 
the fact that he was like a, a, a leading man for action films, like, you know, I mean, yeah. like, I don't know how big a draw anything besides Death Wish was because Death Wish was the only thing that got franchised. But like, you know, he kept making movies like yeah. this. He's in a ton of movies that yeah. all have titles like this. You yeah, know? Not, this not this all... also got remade. Yeah. With Jason Statham. That doesn't in... matter, though. That's not the same <laughs> thing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about his popularity as a leading man. It doesn't okay. have anything to do with remaking it with Jason Statham. Well, I was okay. going to say, uh, like, even with that face, he also combined that with only a uh, touch less creepy uh, John Waters mustache. Yeah, he has, he has, I mean, like, it's the mustache I've seen him with the most. But yeah, it's a very, like, it'll look real good when puberty hits mustache. <laughs> like, but yeah, it's like, it just adds to the weird character that he has. And, like, Especially also him just being so, like, an, you know, stony with every, everything. Like... Yeah, I'm starting to believe that Charles Bronson almost always played himself. He, I, I think, had a rich inner life <laughs> uh, in these films. I think it was all, he's like, I'm doing a lot of acting right now. They can't even tell because I'm holding it all in. It's, the, it's you know, it's the less is more approach to acting. It's... Not going big. It's going very, very small. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't say anything for the first twenty minutes of this movie, and then his first line is "Yes." <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Like for an introductory line, it's not one. <laughs> yeah. So the opening uh, 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 hit, we see him like going upstairs to an apartment. Uh, he's staking out the house across the street, and just takes a couple of photos, and then he's gone. And we see him back at his like. His house, which we will also get into. I'm putting a pin in that for now. Yeah. But, like, we got to talk about this house. It's, it is a house, y'all. Um, and we see he has, like, a pegboard-type wall with all the photos he's taken pinned up. And he's, like, looking at them. He's smoking a pipe and tapping it between his teeth. Which is actually, a, I really like that scene. That, I, just, <laughs> I don't know why. It just was like, oh, wow, this is real intense. Well, because it was an entire mood. And, <laughs> it was. And, and, and you responded to it. Right. And you also don't expect, I mean, again, this is judging a book by its cover, but yeah. like, it's looking at, you know, this character, looking at Charles Bronson as this character who like, you know, you're like, oh, he's taking photos of somebody in their apartment or whatever. So you're like, oh, he's like maybe a PI or something if you don't know anything about the movie. So he's probably like, you know, mm -hmm. most PIs not living in the lap of luxury. Oh, no, 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 no. Bronson in this bishop is... Uh, extremely well off yeah and he's opera well off yeah <laughs> it's a life of opulence and smoking jackets <laughs> but yeah he's looking at all his photos and he's like formulating his plan and you don't know exactly what it is but it is a multi-part plan and then we see him in the apartment again staking out across the street he sees the guy leave his target so he goes into the apartment he gets under the hood of the uh, stove and futzes with one of the burners. He's got, like, some kind of tube in the tube. He puts some kind of liquid in. We don't really know what's going on. Then he puts, like, a, you know, a chemical compound gum on top of something and drips a couple drops that of something else. in his mouth. I guess. Who knows? Honestly, we could do a whole episode trying to explain this first hit. I can explain <laughs> it. It makes total sense. Yeah. It's great. But so, yeah, then he puts the gum down, drips a couple drops of whatever on that, and then closes the thing. Then... He reaches up in the cabinet, takes out, the guy's got, you know, a box of uh, tea, pulls out the tea bags, counts them, puts them in one pocket of his jacket. Out of the other pocket, he pulls out, you know, more identical tea bags, counts to make sure he has the right number, puts the right number in the box, closes it up, puts it back, shuts the cabinet, then goes over to the bookshelf, pulls off a specific book, opens it, and then squeezes frosting into it. Chocolate frosting, if that matters. <laughs> 
is what I I was like I know it's not but it definitely is yes I know it's supposed to be an explosive it's supposed could to be an accelerant pudding. could have been pudding it was thick for pudding <laughs> it was it very it was yeah I'm not even sure what sort of explosive that's supposed to be some kind like, of accelerant dude like I have no idea C5 I'm just gonna go it's one more than C4 the extra sure. C stands for cake yeah. I'm just gonna start with any of these things could have led to a murder right but, it, but then it looks like a murder the way he did it it doesn't look like a murder so the guy comes I'm home still not happy with this. the guy comes home comes in turns on the burner he makes his tea dips the tea bag in gets in bed he's got his cup of tea he's reading a book he's sipping his tea blah blah some time passes he gets sleepy puts the book down takes a nap a lot of time passes it's night now it's night now <laughs> The entire time, Bronson's just sitting across the street, squeezing a ball of wax. <laughs> like a lunatic. It's great. Then we see the tube that he put in there with the chemicals in it, whatever. Finally, like, the little cork he put in the end pops out, and, like, toothpaste looking something or other comes out. It turns off the, the, uh, uh, the pilot yeah. light. Yeah. And then the, like, gum and chemical thing eats through the top of the, I'm assuming it's the gas, the gas line. line. Yeah. And then that audibly starts hissing and releasing gas in the apartment. Now, the windows are open. The guy has his windows open. It's summer in New York, I guess. I oh, know. I thought they were all closed. It was just that he doesn't have any curtains. No, I think they were closed because he had to shoot through the window. You saw the... the oh, yeah. did he? Okay. Which is one of my problems well, with another thing that well, could have killed him. <laughs> so, you know, he has to wait for the apartment to fill with gas. And then he fires a bullet an airsoft round actually not oh even, a, not even a bullet it's an airsoft oh. round yeah you saw you could see the uh, cartridges in it oh well then that might not because I, I was i was like man how are you going to shoot that because if they find a bullet in that apartment they're going to realize it's foul play no, but it was, it was, nobody uh, would expect just a pellet yeah it, was well, it also melt right yeah it? well mm-hmm. i mean either way like that's yeah, not yeah, gonna it's, look it's like not gonna fatal look suspicious right and then that hit the, the explosive yeah and that causes we are assuming explosive pudding book. Yeah. Right. Or cake book if you prefer. It's pudding. Pudding's fine. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll go with pudding. And then it causes the apartment to explode. So it looks like the gentleman fell asleep, left the stove, you know, burner thing, and the gas filled the apartment, and then maybe he lit a cigarette or something and he died. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks like an accident. It doesn't look like a murder. That's. He's the mechanic, Will. He mechanicked it. If you were going to blow up an apartment building. Yeah. That's it. That's end. You didn't need to do all that no. other shit. <laughs> Will, I watch enough Law and & Order and Bones and all those shows that, like, if they're like, hey, this, this house exploded, they're like, well, we have to send somebody over there that knows what to look for. If you're going to blow up an apartment, you got to make it look like you didn't blow it up on purpose. <laughs> like, it blew itself up by accident. That's why they call him the mechanic, Will. Because of his machinations. <laughs> Will's just shaking his head so disappointed. <laughs> like, I brought him a D on my report card. And this, my problem I is... I promise to do better next time, Paul. He doesn't, though. Because the next time, he yeah, also makes it... Worse. Oh, he makes it overcomplicated, and still, for no reason. The next one's actually kind of really fucked up. Yeah. Because well, it's like a friend of his. So, the next one I like because it's relatively simple for his purposes. He True. just picked a beach... With the hill. He knows his friend has a bad heart. Yeah. He's got a car, and he's got a silenced gun. And that's it. And so he tells um, 
Harry. Yeah, tells Harry, Harry. Uh, played by Keenan Wynn, who I'm not familiar with, but his face looked familiar. Yeah. Um, first time I watched this, I was like, I think I might know him, but I don't. I can't tell in, you from he, where. he was in Keenan and Kel. Oh, right. That's right. <laughs> I have no joke for who Kel was. <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe I can pull something out of thin air, and I was like, nope, no. <laughs> just air. Yeah. Uh, um, on that topic, Keenan Thompson is a godsend. <laughs> oh, Keenan Thompson's great. He takes Harry to this beach. He tells Harry, like, oh, you know, some kind of business thing, whatever, whatever. They want to, they want to talk to you down there on the beach, and he's like, are you sure? And he's like. Yes, I'll park the car up here at the top. You know, just, you know, whatever. When you're done, come, I'll come get you, whatever. Okay. So he goes down there and he's, well, you know, Harry's walking. He's like, hello. And then, you know, Bishop goes over, gets some cover, pulls out a silence pistol and starts like, Bow! not trying to actually hit Harry. No, just picking off the rocks around him. Yeah. So that he gets he scared. Yeah. So that a Foley worker gets the yeah. paycheck. And then he starts yelling, Harry, run back to the car. <laughs> I'm going to try to get behind him. I'll get behind him, yeah. Yeah. And so Harry's, like, running up this, like, twisty, like, back and forth, like, road, you know, hill, you know, pathway up the hill. And he's just like, oh, God, I can't. And every time he starts to, like, slow down and look like he's going to stop and give his heart a rest, (laughs) Ronson fires another round near his feet. And so he runs all the way back up, and he, like, gets into the car, and he collapses, and he's, like, panting and red-faced. And, you know, Ronson just walks up, and he's got the pistol out, and Harry's like... It was you? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> One of the many times he said yes. Uh, so, yeah, he puts his hand uh, uh Harry's nose and mouth and smothers him. Makes it, you know, go a little faster, I guess. A little less painful. But Here's the problem, though. Uh-huh. If you suffocate, uh-huh. you don't have a heart attack. <laughs> I See, I think he's not really suffocating him as much as, like, he's just giving it time. He's hastening the heart attack. Heart attack's already happening, is my read. And he's just quickening it. I read it as another... It's also accelerant, but it's for a heart attack. It's like <laughs> the pudding another book. instance where something was overly complicated, and then he doesn't matter because he changes it at the end. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a medical examiner. I'm not going to argue with you in this point, but you could be right. It's <laughs> very plausible. I think unless he does any damage to... Uh, this guy's face, it's going to look like... Oh, no, he wasn't, didn't yeah. plan on doing any damage, but he no. did suffocate him. Yeah, I'm just I, saying, you're gonna you're gonna see that, and you're gonna be like, oh, gonna his be, lungs gave out, yeah. probably because of this heart attack. And also, like, he has a bad yeah. heart. It's not like yeah. he was perfectly fine and died of a heart attack. Yeah. It's yeah, like, no, yeah, no, no, they're gonna, they're gonna find attack. damage, and yeah, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. It's just like, it's just, in my mind, I'm just like, come on. Like, and, <laughs> and to be honest, like, he was already, like, whatever like he could have just let him die in the car he was already like first and goal for being like the most fucked up thing you could do to that guy <laughs> it's like i'll just stand here and watch you die like that would have actually been like fi- i would have been like so fine we're just, just we're just just like, nudge the ball across the goal line like you're like, already there you know have a cigarette at the top of the hill wait it out a couple like 15 yeah. minutes i'm gonna eat this big greasy cheeseburger <laughs> While you have a heart attack, and I'm going to follow it up with a pack of cools. <laughs> Actually, camels. Camels were... Prominently it, featured. Prominently yeah. featured in the movie. So one of the scenes prior to this, Harry's like, 
laughing his ass off about like, hey, I remember, you know, me and your father used to go fishing and we took yeah. you along the one time and you fell out of the boat and your dad didn't save you. Yeah, so this is why, <laughs> partially why I thought, because they lay the track here and it's pretty well done. They don't exactly say it. You get it confirmed later, but um, Bronson's father was also a hitman, a fixer. His father is called The Judge. The whole, you know, organization is called The Committee. So that was, we get that confirmation later. And that's why I thought Harry was, like, more to do with the committee. I think maybe he's, like, committee adjacent. But I, I get the impression he might be, like, a money man or something. Like, he's handling... I really like don't think we got enough details yeah. to determine what We do. What Harry I really does. think we do. Or well, I don't really, think we, I don't think we get enough to know exactly what he does, yeah. but I think we get enough to have an idea of like his position. Cuz when we first see him, like I said, I thought he was like the committee. Like I thought he was the guy who assigned the hit. And that's yeah. what I thought it was Bronson going and being like the hit's done. Like yeah. I, I killed the guy in the apartment. It was really really elaborate. You would have <laughs> loved it. You know, like uh-huh. and between what he says and what Steve says about him, like he's like, "Oh, you know, I kind of get the impression he's like a third party guy." Yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, he I works imp- for the committee without being on the committee. Yeah, okay. I feel like uh, his main story role was just happen- happening to be friends with uh father yeah yeah i mean it's it's yeah it's putting those two things together it's putting steve and and uh arthur together but then so he tells this story um where like he's like yeah you were a, a kid and you fell out of the boat and you couldn't really swim and he's like boy you look like a drowned rat and he's like but you you, you never yeah he's sp- like I, you know you couldn't swim and he's like your your he father just- was like oh he'll learn real fast yeah and he's like he didn't pull you in and he's like but you didn't yell or cry or anything you just Stead there flailing your arms and looking at your father. And eventually I had to reach in and pull you out by the hair. You look like a drowned rat. He says it twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's and just I, doing, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, he does this like, big, like, ha, 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 like, laugh. And I was just like, oh, boy. And then, like, straight up Bronson's like, well, I'll be seeing you. And he just, like, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, why would you want him to, you're going to do that? Like, he's a hitman. Maybe don't be like, hey, remember this fucking, like, really fucking fucked up dark story from your childhood? Bronson, <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Bronson's mood did improve when Steve was fucking with his own father. Yeah, 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 because that, that's about when Steve that's, comes out. That's when the smile appears for the first time in the movie. Yeah, Steve comes out and he's like, he's like, hey, Pop. He doesn't quite speak as, like, slangy as I'm going to do, but it's pretty close. He, he uses a lot of era-appropriate for the time, 1972 slang, but he's like... Hey, Pop, I need some scratch, because me and my freak friends are going to drive down to the doo-wop, and I don't know. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> like he does, like, he throws it, he always talks about, like, digging it. He's like, I, could, I thought I could dig this life, and whatever, and, you know, there's a lot of that. I mean, that's how I talk, so I get it, but, and he comes out, and he's like, yeah, Dad, I need money, and he's like, oh, I thought, whatever. And he's like, he's like, Dad, but me asking you for money is, you know, one of the primary ways we maintain our relationship. It's one of mm-hmm. the, you know, one of the links between you and I. And so his father's like, ugh, and just, like, hands him a huge wad of money. No. And oh, I thought and Steve Steve, Steve took oh, it out he of takes out his hand, yeah. and I, I but I like that Steve like looks through it, figures out what he needs, and then just hands the rest back to his dad like it's his dad's allowance. And I thought that's kind of funny I and liked, like a good power move. There was uh, the good line: uh, "I can't believe he gets mad at me when I'm just taking money he's already stolen from somebody else." Yeah, yeah. yeah see, that's one of the things where I was like, eh, he might be a money man or something. Yeah, sure. Oh, but they do talk about in the funeral arsonist uh murderer blah blah blah. they 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 go down a checklist of what his father did oh that's true yeah maybe his dad was another fixer then uh not on that level i don't believe i think just tangentially like you know oh yeah he would request people to be taken care of not do it himself oh okay um yeah uh so also you got your you know 
your arm breaking guys, but then you got the guys that you send out when shit is really going badly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as what I what I'm aware of from yeah, you you got a lot of you got a lot of thugs. Yeah, you got a lot of dudes that live in yeah. Brooklyn apartments, and then yeah. you've got you know Arthur Bishop who lives in this house with a fucking Bosch painting on his wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because them guys are expensive. Yeah, Hieronymus Bosch paintings turns out pretty penny. You know what? Oh no, also, I, I meant the the fixer guys oh. are, are expensive. I was going to oh, mention yeah. that the Hieronymus Bosch vans were really expensive too. <laughs> Come on, they were a thing. I really wanted a pair, but they are cost you serious? Way too- yeah, that's not real. Hieronymus Bosch shoes—they fucking do exist from vans. I think it was vans. Oh my god, that's great. So it, I believe it was Doc Martin. They yeah. have a um, museum series. Including um, Bosch first in our artist series, so they were the original of the museum collection. That's great. Um, is based on the Garden of Earthly Delights. That's wild. I fucking love that name. Uh, that was the name of a uh, comic and trading card and collectible store that I used to go to all the really? time as a kid. The Garden of Earthly Delights. Yeah. yeah. We do see Arthur with his lady friend, who is only credited as the woman. That um, was such a confusing fucking scene. This is another thing that really got Will <laughs> uh, angry. Was that Jill Ireland? Jill Ireland. Yes. Yeah, his wife, right? His was real life. Was life. she his wife during then? the film? I don't know. Okay. Maybe. I'm not sure. I, I know they were married, but he shows up. She has a, her wall is full of like movie poster, you know, the Which old. Which I thought um, was really cool, but weird for the time. Yeah. Um, she was his wife. At the time? Yeah. Okay. They were married in 1968. Okay. I can really feel the hate in her voice. Um, <laughs> She, yeah, she had the, uh, what are they, like playbill size posters. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, floor-to-ceiling, tons of movies and stuff. Yeah, the original gallery wall. Yeah, and so she's, you know, she's telling him, like, you know, I miss you when you're not here. Like, I, you know, loneliness and blah, blah. He's like, he's like, whatever. And she's like, I wrote you a letter. He's like, did you really write me a letter? And she just, yeah, hands it to him. Or, no, she reads it, and yeah. it's extremely melodramatic, where yeah. it's like, darling, I cannot feel anything but pain yeah. when you're this not here. This isn't a letter. It's a bad poem. <laughs> yeah, when, you know the silence presses in upon me and I become deaf and you know, all this. And I was just like, wowzers. I was like, Oh, she must want to be an actress. I was like, that must be her. We're getting all through the, you know, the set design and things like, ah, she's an aspiring actress. And then they go sleep together. Yeah. And then this might be true. Yeah. And then the next morning she's like, that's going to cost you an extra hundred. That letter took me a long time to write. And he's like, the letter was good to try and come up with something like it for next time. And, so she might be, uh, you know, aspiring actress who he just like, oh, I sleep with a pay you, you know, or maybe she's an actually like actually a prostitute. Yeah, I think she's probably like a, a high end. Yeah, you know, she's the him of uh, but, of call she, She's but, the mechanic. Yeah, the they call her the mechanic too. <laughs> <laughs> I, you it's know. because of the way she talks. Your nuts. I was oh, gonna boy. say because she knew her way around Pike. <laughs> Look at her polish the hood. <laughs> <laughs> this all just sound vaguely dirty but not like <laughs> super explicit mm-hmm. something something tailpipe <laughs> she was offering a bargain on lube jobs <laughs> there's a there was a fucking like uh, dealership and mechanic in my neighborhood in the northeast uh, Philly that always had a sign that said like like ladies lube job Tuesdays <laughs> and I was like they have to have left this up for like 15 years knowing how funny it is right like just, yeah it's, it's, it, it, it just brightens everyone's spirits when they show up to work yeah it's some light chuckle <laughs> some horny mechanic like in 1985 was like that's funny I know I know from funny 
And then they were just like, actually, we got a lot of business Tuesday. Also, it's really funny, so we'll just leave it up. It's true, but it's mostly a joke. But it is true. This unknown, unnamed mechanic. Unrelated to... It's like, unknown comic was not in this movie at all. No, no. Well, we don't know. (laughs) He could have been. Fair, fair. fair. Are we sure the unknown comic wasn't Charles Bronson? (laughs) He's like, this is not the way I actually talk. He's like, hey, how's it going? I don't know. <laughs> Why do they call it taking a dump? Why do they call it leaving a dump? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, have you seen the unknown comic? No. That's pretty That's much, pretty much his bit. <laughs> now, what I just said is actually weirdly deeply. Uh, it's a weird cut. It's Beavis doing an impression of Andy Rooney <laughs> from something. So Stephen Harris. Yeah, Stephen Harris, Harry, all Harry's money, which was considerable, and ends up having a fucking burnout house party. Yeah, that they, he doesn't even want to be at. No, it no. starts. It starts before he or is going from the previous day or whatever. Because like he's at his father's funeral where he's talking to Arthur, and he's like drilling him for like, "Hey, you're a hitman, right?" And he's like, "I refuse to answer this." You know, yeah, he's and, like flirting with him. Really. Are you wearing really a wire? <laughs> yeah, and like. And he's like, yeah, you're in the life, right? And he's like, what life would you be talking about? You know, like that kind of, And it's just like all this, it's dancing around the issue. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, can you give me a ride home? He's like, sure. Because so, he really believes in the power of yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's the original yes man. Yep. They should have cast him in that movie instead of Jim Carrey. It should have been the same exact movie. I never uh, actually saw it, but I, I know it exists. I was thinking Charles Bronson would have made a good uh, placement for uh, Daniel Bryan. For Daniel Bryan? Yes. Bryan Daniels. Yes. Uh, yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Sorry, I do sometimes get confused because he's just using the same name backwards. Yeah, yeah. But I think Brian Danielson's the real one. I think that's his actual mm. name. I think. And Daniel Bryan was the WWE flip. Like, if I went to WWE and I was... Uh, Bush like, Hunter. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> like, what's your, I guess, Bush Hunter? Oh, man. Mr. McMahon would have a field day. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> look how big he is. Brian Lloyd Danielson. Yeah. His children have wild names. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a weird fucking hippie. Yeah. Uh, it's Buddy Dessert Danielson and Birdie Joe Danielson. Oh, Dessert? Yes. That's really weird and this is from i mean like, unless he tried to say desert and overshot it <laughs> it's pronounced desiree what was the other one birdie joe danielson birdie joe these are weird birdie names. joe birdie joe yep. those could both be the names of street fighter characters i'm pretty sure one of them is well birdie <laughs> exactly is. but like birdie joe you could like new street fighter street fighter x4k or whatever the hell could definitely be like I'm Birdie Joe. My brother Birdie vanished, and I'm here to re- avenge him and find out where he went to. And then it's like over here, I'm Buddy Dessert. <laughs> I got a big ice cream scoop or something. <laughs> yeah, he. I think I think Buddy Dessert would be more appropriate as a Tekken joke character, like uh, in the in the sense that of of the bear. I forget his name. Uh, uh, is a joke character in that. <clears throat> a boy named Tiramisu. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got it. Yeah, you you defeated that that boss. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> That's good. That's unbeatable. So yeah, she house party that he ends up leaving to go to the stupidest suicide attempt ever. <sighs> yeah. So they go back there. There's they can't drive all the way up the driveway because there's so many cars parked with their doors open. The instant they get out, hippies climb in to Charles Brunson's car, oh, and I was great. like, yeah. I was like, that's dangerous. Do not do that. 
not even like in the world of the movie just like don't do it hippies <laughs> i feel like charles Bronson would be like get out of my car although i do appreciate more hair flipping than i ever expected out of charles bronson he does do a couple of the emo hair flips <laughs> like fucking pete wentz he goes inside there there's a lot of dumb shit but there's notably people making phone calls to australia uh, I, think they, I think the White House at once. There's yeah. a there's a pig in the bathroom. There's some really high guy is in the tub playing with bubbles, saying it's all in the bubbles. Yeah. Honestly, he was probably having the best time of anybody there. Yeah. He seemed like he was real into it. Yeah, he yeah. didn't have to pay for any of that shit. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter what he fucks up, because A, it's not his, he didn't have to pay for it, and B, he can blame it on the pig. Yeah. Yeah, and also there was a girl in there, so like he probably wouldn't drown. <laughs> Maybe. There's no water, it's just bubbles. We don't know that. Bronson just is like he doesn't say anything for this whole scene basically he just like looks at everything and is like uh-huh and just like moves along Steve is getting a phone call um, from Louise uh, played by Linda Ridgway who did not need to be in the movie no 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 um, it, it kind of serves a purpose but it didn't have to yeah. be this long but she's calling and she's like well if you won't come see me I'm gonna kill myself and he's like okay and she's like well I want you to come watch and he's like alright so he, he goes with Charles Bronson they both go over down the beach to watch Louise kill herself. And she has set out so many candles, like a hilarious Sade video <laughs> level of candles. Yeah. And um, she also has her, I guess, suicide hourglass, which Allison was like, you put on hourglass for your suicide? And I was like, Hour- hourglass for my suicide, new band name called it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of fucking emo hair flips. Yeah, she's like, oh, I got everything I need. You know, I got razor blade. And, ice. And I was yeah, like, I don't ice. get that one. And I go, well, like, liquor, I get. Yeah, the like, blood thinning, I get that one. It's the ice that I don't understand so much. Yeah, maybe numbing her wrists or whatever. She doesn't actually do that, though. She just goes right for it. Yeah, she but, slits like... both the wrists and then starts to bleed out. And, you know, Bronson's just kind of there. Yeah. They say it's going to take several hours for her to die this way. And she's yeah. like, I'm fine with it if you are. And he's like, yeah, I literally don't care about you at all. Like, yeah, that's fine. he makes fine. himself a fucking sandwich. Right? Yeah, yeah. He makes himself a snack to watch her bleed out. And a bunch of time passes, and she's like, I'm starting to feel cold. He's like, nah. He's like, like straight up chewing a sandwich. Like, nah. Nah, it's psychosomatic. Like, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a, yeah, like, no, hour like, oh, and a half. Like an hour and a half. And he's like, but if you want, he throws her some car keys. Throws he's her like, car keys. Like, and you he's get like, the sheriff's office in 15 minutes if you book it. Yeah, and she leaves. And yeah. then they leave her apartment or her house. And, you know, Bronson's like, that was pretty intense back there. He's like, yeah, I guess, but like, she doesn't care about her life, so why should I? And he's like, you think you could handle that kind of life? And this is when he really starts like, oh, you want in, but like, you might actually be a cold be, bastard, right? Be <laughs> the right amount of like sociopath to handle this life. Yeah. Um. So that's when he's like, all right, maybe, maybe you you show potential. And he's like, you want to come back up to the party? He's like, absolutely not. <laughs> and he leaves. You couldn't pay me enough, and I know how much money you inherited. <laughs> oh, this is when we get, like, a little bit of, like, what just he does in his daily life, which is, like, he jogs for exercise, he does some karate, which he's, like, sneaking up on a guy with a sword. Are you thinking about judo? Judo. Like swords? <laughs> yeah, he's sneaking up on a guy with a sword, and, you know, it's totally silent, and he just gives a big old, like, hey Like, right before he swings the sword down, you know, the guy hears that and reacts. And I don't know, it's weird. It was a weird scene. And then, the best transition of the movie, he's throwing <laughs> knives, which he's really good at. And it's like, 
you know, him throwing a knife, knife hitting a target. Okay, back and forth. And it's like cutting the Bosch painting and a different part of the Bosch painting, a knife. And him throwing the knife and the Bosch painting the knife and the Bosch painting the knife. And then it's like a knife. And then it's a whale. And you're like, what? And it's like a knife. It's him throwing a knife and then it's a whale. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? It's a whale and it's fish. And you're like, what the f-? And then you realize the next scene takes place in an aquarium and that was the transition. And I was like, fuck, that was amazing. Yep. Surprise orca really gets your attention. <laughs> Yo, yes. I was not expecting a fucking Shamu run in on this match. Like, that was wild. I laughed so hard when that fucking whale, the whale showed up, and I was like, do I not remember this movie at all? We only watched it a few months ago. Is there a whale in this movie? Turns out barely, but, oh boy. Whew. Boy, that was great. I will try to put a video up of just that amazing series of cuts. <laughs> it makes just as much sense out of context than it does yeah. in context. Too many movies are over-edited to shit, but in this case, I'll allow it. <laughs> you know... Uh, oh, he he passes out. Where does he pass out at? In the aquarium. Yeah. At the aquarium, right? Yeah. Because he took a handful of pills, then did the knife throwing that morphed into aquarium. <laughs> yeah. He was. That's the thing. He's got to throttle back on those greenies. And it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. When you take a bunch of pills and you're like, I'm gonna fucking throw some knives, and then in the middle of throwing knives, you're like, boy. I should be at the aquarium. <laughs> you are real fucking high, my dude. They never even explained why or how. Like, he just was at the aquarium. Yeah, he just goes to the aquarium. Then whenever he wasn't he's, there. Yeah, whenever he's not killing, he's, he's just living his best life. Yeah, he's independently wealthy. Upwardly yeah. mobile. There's, yeah. there's nothing stopping him. He just really wanted to go to the aquarium, I guess. Yeah. He likes water. Yeah, well, dude, you ever been really high at the aquarium? <laughs> it's no. real fun. <laughs> it's real fun. Like, it sucks because there's always kids there. But they're not always everywhere. So, you know, you wander around enough, you can find, like, oh, cool, like, this part. I'm just going to look at this turtle for the next half hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, like, now We're going to look into each other's souls today. (laughs) Yeah. The aquarium in New Jersey right across the river. The Adventure Aquarium? Yeah, they have that. That's a fucking good aquarium. And they have that, like, one hallway thing where you're entirely underwater. That's amazing to be in. That's amazing to be in sober. It's amazing to be in high. Is it in Camden or Trenton? Uh, Camden. Yeah. 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 Yeah, what, it's one of the only reasons to go to Camden, Adventure Aquarium. Yeah, that's true. That to is sound true. like John Stewart's character in Grandma's Boy. I know, but like something. You ever watch the news? You ever, ever watch, watch the, the news? news on All weed? weed? You ever look at the back of a hundred dollar bill? You ever look at the back of a hundred dollar bill? All weed? There's somebody in the bushes. Blue team go! Blue team go! <laughs> I know, I know what I sound like, but I have been really high at the aquarium. I've been on hallucinogens in the aquarium, and I can say without a doubt, you should do it. <laughs> It's it's extreme. That's the thing. Is it's extremely soothing in the aquarium all the time. So even like kids running around occasionally, you're just like, oh, I don't want to be in this room because I can hear the kids. And you can just fucking go find somewhere else to be. My it's best, so soothing. my best hallucinogenic period was Mojave Desert mm. at sunrise. I would imagine. Yeah. I've never been uh, on hallucinogens in the desert. I've been on hallucinogens in the woods, and that is great too. Yeah, I didn't do any cool road trips, but I did play a ton of Katamari Damacy the very first time I did Mushrooms. <laughs> that is I didn't also quite too good. many, but I had a great time. Yeah, that is also quite a good time. I will, yes. I will never I will never forget the purple fish flying through the sky over the Mojave Desert. Oh, yeah. So, are we telling mushroom stories? All right, here's my mushroom story. <laughs> here's the first time I took mushrooms. I had a girlfriend. Her best friend's brother grew mushrooms. We bought mushrooms off him, and he told us, like, there's enough in here for both of you, but, like, start with, like, half of it per person, you know, like, and then take the other half per person if you don't get off, if you're not start tripping, okay. So, we were at my house, we 
uh, took him in the way he had advised, which was peanut chop him sandwich. up, chop him up super, super fine with a knife, real sharp knife, and then put him on a peanut butter sandwich and eat it, you know, drink some milk, whatever. And it's we a did that. because it works. Yeah, we did that. It was fine. It's like eating a peanut butter sandwich that somebody might have left like a tiny piece of paper in or something, <laughs> which is like, you ever eat like Dippin' Dots or whatever? Not Dippin' Dots, just Dots, the hard oh, candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where you like peel them off with your teeth and sometimes there's like a piece of paper on the back. It's just like that. You're like, oh. Eh, whatever yeah. like it's not really a thing it's not like yeah. a, a hard you know yeah. thing to get past a little so extra cellulose yeah you're just like oh okay so you know you just like chew the peanut butter fine so he told us it would take like 40 minutes or something to kick in so we're like okay she was like my mom's not home let's take the bus we'll go to my house and then we'll hang out there all day i was like cool go to the bus go to her place we're there nothing's really happening we're in her apartment you know i'm laying on the fucking rug it's got not like quite a shag rug but it's pretty you know squishy i'm just really bored and you know i'm laying on the floor and her mom is like kind of a hippie witch and she collects like sea rocks and stuff so i have this one rock it's on my forearm and she's like what are you doing with that rock i was like nothing bonding with this rock and she's like all right how do you feel i was like i feel normal (laughs) and she's like all right let's take a walk we'll walk around the block and nothing happens we'll come back and we'll go go to the movies or go do something or go back to your place and hang out or whatever all right cool Walk outside. One of two things happens. Sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> we walk outside. Either it just happens to be the most incredible looking day that's ever <laughs> happened, which happens every once in a while. Every so often you're like, man, this is the, just the most beautiful day. Or the mushrooms have started to kick in. <laughs> and so I'm like, look at all these fucking sunbeams. And <laughs> she's like, I know. And I was like, is that the mushrooms or does it just look like that? And she's like, I don't. So I mean, I've got astigmatism. They always look that way to me. So we like, oh boy. So we we walk down, start walking down the block. There's this one tree on our block. It's like some kind of oak tree. It's very dark bark, dark leaves and whatever. But on that day, it was completely encased and made out of shadow. And I was like, boy, I never noticed that tree is entirely made of shadow before. That rules. And she's like, it does rule. And we just kept walking. And at some point, there was a fucking whole pumpkin smashed in the middle of the road. I think... I think that's true. And there were a bunch of flies on it. We're like, well, we're not going to go that way. We're going to make a left here. And we made a left. We're not going to go down that street where my subconscious knows that's a dead body. Right. Like, (laughs) yeah, my subconscious is like, no, 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 you're not picking up on all that uh, we're putting down, but you don't want to go this way. So squished pumpkin. And I was like, oh, let's go this way. So we went this way. And this way, there was like a car that was the exact same color as the blue that the sky was. So the sky reflected in all the windows, made it just like a car-shaped thing that was all the same color blue, and it was awesome. And we just, yeah, just had like a bunch of very, it was like everything was like a children's book or something, where it was all really interesting and totally safe and cool. <laughs> like, we're just like, oh, look at this grass. Sun had started to go down, so like people's outdoor lights were coming on, and somebody had these like outdoor like kind of garden lights, and they were shining these like bright lights onto this tall kind of wispy grass that was casting each blade's like individual shadow on the ones in front of it and whatever. So it just made everything look like, like it was moving and fizzy and whatever. I was like, oh, this fizzy grass. It was great. We had a great time. It was like eight hours. It was like eight hours. We were just outside. We didn't leave like a three block radius of her house. <laughs> and it was awesome. It was great. And literally no mushroom trip I've ever had has ever come close to how good that was. But some of them were pretty good. <laughs> so yeah, that was my, that was my, uh, my first uh, mushroom experience. Anyway. Anyway. So go to the aquarium is what I'm saying. Clearly I know what I'm talking about. Go to the aquarium sober and then go back real, real high. Take a babysitter. Take a bunch of water. Yeah. Yeah. Be 
be responsible. Yeah, get a get a friend to watch your yeah. ass who's not going to be judgmental and weird. Yeah. Uh, about being the sober friend and make sure they have a backpack that they can carry water in so, and you'll have a good time. Oh, the, this is actually where we get uh, that little bit more of his dad's backstory, uh, which is he's the judge for the council. It's where we find out it's called the council and all that. <laughs> oh, when they were in the nightclub. Yeah, and then he says, like, he was killed by a shooter from Topeka. Uh, that's the nightclub with the strippers and the old ladies applauding. Yeah, we it's oh, like a burlesque. But that's right after they take a, a flying. Oh. They're, they're in the plane right before that. My note before this is that he passed out, yeah, he passed uh, out. at the aquarium. Oh, yeah. well, we did have that joke. The <laughs> Yeah, because the guy's like, yeah, the what, doctor. what did you feel right before he passed out? Was it sweaty palms? Well, he's <laughs> like, he's like, uh, you know, what did you feel before he passed out? He's like, I couldn't get my breath. And he's like, palm sweaty? And you're like, knees weak, arms are heavy. And, and then I did the, uh, uh, it's like, there's vomit on my sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> Which is like, I would like nothing more than Charles Bronson to rap Eminem. <laughs> Y'all both heard that he's opening that restaurant. Yeah, Mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. Okay, cool. Which is like. Make it your all yeah, on the same page on yeah. that one. Open a restaurant that we all associate with your vomit. Thanks, M. Yep. So yeah, what's the plane? Oh, when they were flying the plane? Yeah. Oh, Oh, recreationally flying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's like, uh, because, yeah, Steve comes, he wants into the life, and he's pretty, now in this scene, he's very upfront about it, and he's like, he's like, what, do you got somewhere to be? He's like, I actually do have something to do. And then it cuts to him, like, doing a barrel roll or whatever. Uh, And then he lets Steve fly it for a little bit. And Steve immediately nosedives and then corrects, and he's like, Wow, that's great. How long have you been flying? He's like, about 20 seconds. <laughs> I mean, like, really, come on. It actually reminded me of a, uh, a old Sherlock Holmes episode. Oh, yeah? That had a very similar joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a classic. Was, you know? He was sword fighting with somebody like... He, he did. You don't know how to sword fight. Well, how long do you think you would last? Ah, 20, 30 seconds, maybe sooner if he decided to stab me. <laughs> <laughs> so then they go to the burlesque show or strip show that's full of old people. Uh, oh, they play handball. That was unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand the point of that scene. Like, most scenes moved something along. That didn't really do anything. I think the majority of their scenes together were um, stringing along their various dating habits beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> So I, not wrong. I mentioned this to Will. Um, oh. One one of the like trivia. You're not saving this for the end, okay? Well, in in the original oh, yeah. script, the relationship between Bishop and Steve was specifically like was explicitly gay. It was a lot of Steve kind of string along Bishop, and the like culmination of the film would be sort of like you know psychosexual mind games and not really knowing like if you're betraying somebody or not and all that. And so I think viewing it with that lens, it makes this sequence make a lot more sense. It makes all the sequences with the women make a lot less sense. I mean, you have, you have, um, like the Bishop's prostit- weird yeah. thing with the uh, his that seemed just girlfriend. like thrown in there for no reason. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I mean, yes. And you have uh, Steve with the girl that's like obsessed with him, which you could probably still have. Right. That's what I was gonna say. Like that doesn't know. really even need to change. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Um. At all, like. Yeah, but I mean, like it. it yeah, his his entire disinterest in her is actually uh, actually uh, has some, yeah yeah some text has some to it. Yeah. yeah bearing on the character. Right. I like the idea that they're like, well, we have to cut the, you know, because we have the gay angle. We have to cut the scene with, you know, your wife playing the, the high-end uh, call girl. And he's like, this is by erasure. 
like, I'm yeah. bisexual. Not me, though. This guy. Um, <laughs> Arthur Bishop. Apparently. First two letters of his last name are bi. <laughs> it's a code made by me. <laughs> I don't know where he, I'm going he with does, this. He does talk about the rules a lot. Yeah, it's true. Um, But... Yeah, no, apparently in an interview, uh, Carlino was saying that he... Who? Louis John Carlino was the... Author? Author of the script. He said he wanted a commentary on the use of human relationships and sexual manipulation in the lives of two hired killers. It was supposed to be a chess game between the older assassin and his young apprentice. The younger man sees that he can use his sexuality to find the Achilles heel that he needs to win. There was a fascinating edge to it, though, because towards the end, the younger man began to fall in love... And this fought with his desire to beat the master and take his place as number one. The picture was supposed to be a real investigation into the situation, and it turned into a pseudo-Bond film. Yeah. Wow, that would have been a really cool movie. Yeah, that's right. a much more interesting <laughs> movie. Especially in 1972, that would have been, like, fascinating. Uh, what's, what's the... Uh... Now, I did read that because of the, you know, gay angle in the original script, a couple directors and stars passed. Mm. Um, I don't think that anything I read gave any names, so, you know... But I, you know, I like the idea that like they would have made this with Charles Bronson and Jan Michael Vincent as this like game killers romance, like yeah. Oh no, you have used sexuality, the ultimate weapon. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the director. He's not even a really a director. He was more of an artist that did films. Uh, very influential gay community, like satanic. Did a whole biker culture movie. Kenneth Anger? Yes! Kenneth Anger! Oh, Kenneth Anger. I do know the name. I don't really know any of So, Kenneth Anger. Okay. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Uh, Born Kenneth Kenneth Wilbur Engelmeyer. Uh, Kenneth Anger. So, this... The movie that that director wanted to make would be a Kenneth Anger film with a plot. (laughs) Yeah. Because a lot of Kenneth Angers, they weren't films. They were just, like, artistic expressions. You could... There wasn't really a storyline so far. Back on top. Sure, <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. That would have been like a gr- like an amazing film. Yeah. I mean, it just sounds like a much better film anyway. This it is... sounds really engrossing. Yeah, Frank. yeah. This film is fine. I've, I've I've no you know nothing against this film. I'm not, I'm Will not gonna finds give this... the kills to be too elaborate. <laughs> I'm not going to give this a hate watch or anything. But like, if it had that, that's like also more interesting, unique. Like it's you know something especially I've seen less of. Yeah, especially oh, that totally. I, think, I think that's which what I think me... that's why it never got. Yeah, I feel like right. that's what got me, uh, that's what put Kenneth Anger in my mind, because like, that's mm-hmm. the same yeah. time period he was going through all the uh, like film festivals and things like that. So the part that pisses me off is that when they remade it, they didn't go back to the original script, they mm. instead made it that the two of them are working together to avenge Steve's dad's death, which is not done by Bishop in the Statham mm. version. Oh, the remake. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just I, that I the two no of them are teamed up. Well, because like, if you're going to remake it, then go back to this awesome yeah. thing that didn't happen. Don't just come up with something else that's weak sauce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agreed. It's just, it's a name. It's a, it's I know. A, you know, they're I just know. like, oh. Yeah. I would love to see a gay Jason Statham movie and get actual Josh Hartnett. Yeah. Jan Michael Vincent looks like Josh Hartnett. Just get Josh Hartnett and Jason Statham. All right, we're going to go. Boy, you got a pretty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That would be uncomfortable to watch, actually. You know, I was in a, I was in two movies called Crank. Huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was. Anyway, I can't do a Jason Statham, but that's as close as you're gonna. Yeah, get. you're not doing bad. Yeah, I am. 
better than my Bronson. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Is Hunter Jason Statham better than my Bronson? Please yeah, vote on the internet. I will put up a poll uh, <laughs> on our Twitter on uh, the Friday after this episode goes up. Okay. Please, you'll have all weekend to vote. Uh, <laughs> let us know which is the better bad impression. Yeah. You cannot vote for Chicago Dracula because that's great. <laughs> Come on in, I've got a deep dish of blood. <laughs> Just silence. Uh, I was trying to come up with a joke of like, uh, it's deep dish Pete. There's no za. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> they don't all work. <laughs> they don't all work. Yeah, so I should probably oh, tell that yeah. story. Yeah. The reason I even own this movie, besides being like, you know, I don't, I haven't really seen any Bronson movies except for a couple of the uh, Death Wish. Death Wish, yeah, yeah, a couple of the Death Wish movies. Aside from those, I hadn't really seen much, and I was like, oh, you know, this was some company was having a sale. There was a few Bronson movies, and I was like, oh, maybe I got this one. And I looked at the fucking subtitle on the on the packaging, and it's. He has a hundred ways to kill, and they all work. And I immediately heard it in his voice, and I was like, I have to get this. And they don't even reference that in the movie. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Which, like, I mean, you you should. That should be a sober cat. Yeah, yeah. Like, that should be a thing where, you know, he's like, are you going to teach me how to, like, Jane Michael Vance is like, are you going to teach me how to do what you do? He's like, you have to learn a hundred ways to kill because I know a hundred ways to kill. And then he grabs him by the lapels like, and they all work. And then the score goes like, I mean, at one point he's lip reading and he's just like, you know, oh, it's cool that you can do that. And he's like, tools of the trade. Tools of the trade. Yeah. yeah. So when he's lip reading, they, uh, this is when they're on the mission that ends up going sloppy. Yeah. Um, they wait how far did i skip ahead we not were, that far we we're talking about uh they do skeet shooting and that's when you yeah. find out that steve has oh, like yeah. a Murder natural apprentice yeah he has like a natural affinity for this he's very good at knowing like like he's like you know i want you to shoot this next you know uh skeet disc at 400 yards or whatever and you know he's like how how high will you have to like adjust the barrel and he's like you know three inches and he does it and he shoots and, he blows and i think they were also using different uh grain uh amounts in each shot too yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. he was switching up he was the switching bullet, up the ammunition yeah and stuff so wow. he was you know it was yeah. it's the kind of stuff you're gonna have to know and showing that he already has an affinity for it yeah um and, and then, also do the the ball of wax explanation well, as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. he walks him through a wax museum where he's talking yeah. about like you know killing is a thing that happens all the time and like he, he it's actually, uh, honestly it's actually a pretty good dialogue yeah it is it's it's a good explanation for like you know where he's well, like it's also the fact that there's dialogue in the film which right. for a lot of this there isn't well, yeah. I mean, yeah it's it's a it's a good dialogue yeah. that makes sense and sure. follows like the movie and i yeah. just liked it yeah yeah the the basic gist of it is that like murder is defined by where you are yeah the you know? victor's right history and also yeah. like by what set of rules you're yeah playing by. right yeah. this country's rules versus that country's rules and he's like it depends on what rules you have in your pocket and he's like there's this country there's that country he's like, or you have your own set of rules that you follow and all that and you know they walk by like a wax bust of hitler and he's like you know mussolini or whoever the like he was mussolini the next one yeah he's like you know mussolini he was a killer like he's doing this but as he keeps walking <laughs> they just like wander into like Universal Monster Town, and I thought I straight up thought he was gonna be like, now the Wolfman, that guy, he was unmatched. 
the savagery. Oh boy. Yeah, the next three were Dracula, the yeah. Wolfman, and the Mummy. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> and he's still having this like high-minded conversation about like the ethical nature of murder and stuff, and how to how to live in a society when you're the wolf among sheep and all this, and it's just like, blah, blah, <laughs> like that. You know, I played Chicago Dracula. <laughs> It's great. It's really funny. And then after and after that, he's um, he asks him like, "Why are you squeezing that ball of wax?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, it develops the strength." And he puts his pinky and ring finger of his hand in like a little aperitif glass and shatters it. Yeah, opens them and shatters the glass. And he's like, "Oh fuck, okay." Yeah, because he says it's like a, it's a low tech grip exerciser because yeah. sometimes you need to smother people with your bare fucking hands. <laughs> right, like we like saw how him. I killed your father. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> He doesn't mention that, but... No. <laughs> yeah, it's like sometimes you gotta do stuff with your hands. Um, so, yeah, then they follow these guys on uh, motorbikes to the zoo. Yeah. And, um... The location choices in this are kind of clutch. It's fun. They it's do really... some good stuff. Yeah. yeah. And surprisingly, creepiest man in the entire movie eating popcorn is yeah. the first scene of the zoo. Yeah, they're like, you know, they're at like a bird uh, cage and the guy's eating popcorn. Another guy walks up and he holds the popcorn out to him and that's their handoff is the guy walks up takes some popcorn out of it then he hands him the whole thing and walks away and now the switch has been you know the handoff's been made that guy stands there for a minute to not look suspicious and he walks back goes out and gets on his bike dumps all the popcorn out and there's a bag of coke or heroin or something in the I mean, assume, heroin. It I assume it's coke yeah. right yes yeah. <laughs> in the bottom of this bat you know thing and he puts it in his pocket and then they go back um Arthur and Steve follow them to the house. They're, they scope it out. There's cameras, all this. They're trying to figure out how they're going to do this deal, you know, blah, blah, blah. How they could possibly get onto the grounds to do the hit. And then they follow them to... Uh, a meeting of the AERP. Yeah, I'm fucking... <laughs> it's like... <laughs> my joke was that he's like, I think they're filming a Monty Python sketch over there. Because it's like all these grannies and grampies <laughs> playing like croquet. <laughs> Like, randomly in downtown L.A. And that's what he does in the lip reading. Yeah, and if you're going to be all mafioso, they should have been playing bocce. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they should be in a bocce ball court in the in the basement of a Catholic church. <laughs> Not this waspy nonsense. Yeah. And they're just like, it just, it's just so funny, like, to see all these people playing croquet well, then, old ladies. And seeing them zoom in, because yeah. he does the lip reading here, zoom in on a 95-year-old man's face and what are Charles obviously Bronson. dentures. Yeah. yeah, and he's like... Yeah, and he's just like, what time do you want me to be there? <laughs> he, like, pans over. He's like, I do not know. We're like, oh, we're going to do this thing. Well, we will take the truck and, like, whatever. And he's like, oh, that's cool. How'd you learn to do that? Tools of the trade. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be a chicken licking is the brand yep. of, of chicken. Chicken licking truck. We'll do the, the Chicken licking. Licking, licking chicken. chicken. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed that slogan. Um, so they do a hijack where... Uh, Steve waves the truck off the highway and he's like, I want to make sure you're not carrying iron before you head on a thing, which is more slang, like yeah. more. He's just so slangy. Uh, That's not even new slang. No, no, like no. Big no. iron. Yeah. Strap iron. <laughs> but I just, I was like, he's so, he just can't say anything normal. Um, so he's like, yeah, get out of the truck. And the guy's like, what's the big idea? And Bronson comes up with that fucking wax ball hardened hand and fucking conks that guy right out. Yeah, there's a lot of Bronson... There, not a lot, but there's a, at least a couple Bronson hits where you're not... So, I don't think they clarify whether or not he has killed them yet or not. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> right, right after this, they get in the truck, they use the truck to sneak you know, past the gate because they're expecting the truck, and they look in, they just see Jan Michael Vincent driving, and when the security guard comes out of the security office to let him in through the front door, 
Bronson gets out of the truck and goes and stands like on the blind side of the door. When the guy opens the gate, he like he Bronson pulls his glove off. And I'm just like, oh man, I'm going down now. Yeah. And he just like backhands him, and the guy's like on the ground, like done. He's just dead. It's like well, when a wrestler takes their knee pad off. He's yes, definitely it is. dead because I believe he's one of the bodies they load into the truck. That's true. It's like Penta, Penta El Cerro Miedo. He takes that <laughs> fucking glove off. You know, shit's about to get real. Yeah. That's for uh, AEW and Lucha Underground and uh, AAA wrestling fans. You'll see me wearing my Lucha Brothers shirt in the yeah. That's true. Because I'm definitely wearing that right now. Bronson like goes to where like one of the bedrooms where because they explain that there's uh you know the guards sleep in shifts there's always one awake but since they took him out now the other ones should all be asleep so he goes into the bedroom one guy's there bronson's got two pistols out and i was like oh they're just gonna mow him down like this is just like a hit but he knocks him out and i was like oh this is more bronsoning where he's like i got a plan <laughs> it's very 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 elaborate <laughs> the third guy busts through a door as jan michael vincent's gonna like open it which Knox don't really understand. Because, like, did he have a security camera in there? Like, how did he even know? Maybe he heard. Uh-huh. He heard. He's like, boy, it sounded like Ralph got clocked by a 40-year-old man. I got up to pee and was watching him get cold-cocked on the yeah. front lawn <laughs> by the chicken guy. <laughs> it's like, actually, my great-great-great-grandfather was Adrian Van Helsing, and I can sense the presence of Chicago Dracula. <laughs> boy <laughs> this has to i gotta make this i gotta make this movie <laughs> chicago dracula chicago dracula it's just me doing a charles bronson <laughs> impression the whole time oh boy so so yeah that guy like gets away hops on a bike he dismantles the something on the bikes he pulls something out of yeah. like the motor i don't and know also and also uh don't forget that steve actually was just shooting wildly trying to yeah steve guy. was just firing the yeah. gun well, Steve's not a professional yet. No, no, no. He's uh, headstrong. Yeah. So now he's leaving evidence that, like... Because, like, I guess, you know... Because we don't know. We I, we actually don't know what Bronson's full plan was yeah. to make it look like it was an accident or like it was an act of God or something where it's just, like, they all vanished. And he's like, now, quick, get that uh, get that piece of wood on some rope and we will flatten all this corn. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, but... What are we doing? He's like, we're making a crop circle. Because Bronson had already... The story just... is that they were abducted by aliens. Bronson had already uh, decided that they were going to go to a chroming plant and drop their bodies in acid. Yeah, oh, true. that's right. Yeah. Because yeah. he called, he's like, how long would it take to chrome my bumper? And they're like... We're oh, not we open don't on do... Saturday. Yeah, we're not open on the weekends. And he's like, okay, now we know when they're not going to be there. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like, we'll get the bodies, we'll drop them in here, and they'll be gone by the time they open on Monday. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, that's awesome. Like, yeah. he's got a great plan. And then the cover story was they were abducted by aliens. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Hurry up, unload the desiccated cow carcasses. <laughs> a wizard did it. Yeah. Quick, leave this magic stone on the front steps. <laughs> <laughs> I will free the unicorn. Wait, I have so many more questions. <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> um. So... Instead, <laughs> I will I will embed this sword in this stone on the front <laughs> in the front path. Um, so that guy gets on a bike, and all three other dirt bikes are out there, the motorbikes, and he yeah does something, pulls something out of each yeah. of the other two that dismantles them so they won't run. I don't know enough about bikes to know what he did. Um, and they're dirt bikes, not motor. Yeah, yeah so they're dirt bikes. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, it's a little bit easier to understand somebody just ripping something off of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's the firing pin. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah so it's they like won't. A motocross situation versus like a bike, bike. Yeah. Actually, I saw the 
in the um, opening credits, they have like the company or whatever, huh. like bikes provided oh, yeah. by whoever. They just um, look like plain like Kawasaki. It's, or something. Uh, it's Husqvarna, H-U-S-Q-V-A-R-N-A. Motorcycles. So yeah, this is the Torgos theme as you mentioned, which is <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's a good theme. Arthur's on the other bike, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and um, Steve is loading the bodies into the back of the truck to get out of there. Yeah. It's just like a chase down this like mountainside, and at one point they drive like, you yeah. Because well, so we're cut they're, into this garden. Yeah. Because well, there's houses, you know, like yeah. down different parts of the uh, to of to the premise hill. this chase scene. Yakety sax would have been an appropriate <laughs> totally work. It's like it's like a hair not wacky enough to have wackity wha- yakety sax. If it had yakety sax, it would seem weird. But if, like, it had Yakety Sacks and you saw Rodney Dangerfield, not even say anything. Just, like, you just saw him at this garden party, be like, this makes total sense. <laughs> so they, at one point, they each drive down the hood of this guy, guy's washing his car. And, like, he doesn't really react enough because I don't think there's a way to react realistically that isn't, like, <laughs> like, because that's what it should have been. Because, like, it's the bad guy goes down, like, drives his car right down the hood of this freshly washed car. And the guy's like, oh, he kind of has this look like, hey, I just and he starts washing it again and then arthur comes down and he should have just been like whoa, 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 like done a double well, thing they, they also keep cutting to like this this country club like oh daddy those yeah. boys oh on it's the all hill. these fucking waspy fucks <laughs> like, all this they're like jameson how can you possibly live around here with all this racket he's like well i've called the police they don't do anything and you're just like oh fucking i hope you all die um, and that doesn't exactly happen, but basically, like, any boob comedy from the 80s would have this exact scene, because it's, like, fucking dirt bikes going through a fancy garden party and people falling in the pool. And I was like, if you just dropped in fucking Roddy Dangerfield's dialogue from Caddyshack, like, literally any of it, it like, just like, hey, yeah, yeah, but it looks good on you, though. Like, that would have been great. Like, it would clean up. It also startles a cat and two Yorkies that were all sitting together in a club for some <laughs> yeah, what, reason. What's his name? John Hughes? Yeah, yeah, it would have made a it made, it was it, was, would it have made would a fine centerpiece of a John Hughes film. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, like this is definitely like if you remade Ferris Bueller now. Because oh, I think he did Animal Shack, right? Or maybe it was. Well, those are different movies. No, not Ca- Animal. Yeah, Caddy Ca- Shack Ca- and Animal House. Yeah, Animal House. I think he did Animal. House. Animal Shack might be a Kenneth Anger movie. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, he no. Wishes it was, anyway. Uh, Animal House was. Um, I think Ramus. I think Ramus uh, did it. Yes, it was Ramus. I'm thinking of uh, right, Holiday, uh, uh, Christmas, or whatever. Oh, the National Lampoon. Yeah, Lampoons. yeah. Lampoon, yeah. Oh, it's John Landis, actually, mm. of uh, American uh, Werewolf in London fame. Oh, I thought. I thought. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like very like slobs versus snobs comedy. Like, yeah. And I kind of wish there was more of. I know we don't spend enough time at that place. Like that location where the drug deal is going to, to to really spend time with this garden party, but you could have cut in some more and made them just like really annoying. So, like it would be great if they're like, "Well, we're going to bring out Muffy's Christmas or that birthday cake," and then they start wheeling out a big cake, and then you see the cake fall and lands on like a wealthy dowager. <laughs> maybe a guy drops a whole bunch of melons. Maybe Gallagher is there. Underrated. <laughs> Gallagher. Yeah. Fuck everyone. Gallagher was awesome. Gallagher sucks so bad. Which Gallagher? Uh, I mean, they're all the same. Aw, <laughs> oh, don't let Gallagher say that. I know. Which one? Yeah, one of them. They've, listen, they both got malice and they both didn't like hearing it. I'll tell you that. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, like, I used to love those Gallagher things, but, like, that dude is such a fucking right-wing lunatic. It's insane now. It's, like, hilarious how he's just like, well, some people are just better than others. So you're like, you hit melons with a big hammer, you fuck rat. What are you talking about? You ever see me bounce around on a goddamn giant couch? It's like, what the fuck? How do you have these horrible views? What a fucking moron. Oh, my God. Oh, man, fuck a bunch of Gallagher, man. Uh, so, so basically right after the garden party, Arthur wipes out. But he might have done it on purpose or maybe it was just luck because the other guy, the bad guy, keeps going and he goes right off a cliff. Also, to, from, to, to add to this, you know throughout, like from the beginning of them planning this that this guy is on his dirt bike in this area every day for hours. Right, they're driving to the zoo. Yeah, like he's got to be familiar with that. He rides but right off a cliff. Apparently a 50-foot drop. Maybe even farther than that. That I don't... fucking thing explodes, <laughs> yeah. dude. It's like, if anybody used to watch like vintage Conan, when they would do like a dumb bit and like a, the car would drive off the cliff and they would just cut to stock footage of a car going off a cliff and exploding on impact. This is like that. It goes up I... like it's made of nitroglycerin. It's so <laughs> I... goddamn funny. I think I, I talked this. in the cliffhanger episode about how that uh, the the helicopter explosion is like uh, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. but and even that is, a... is like more yeah, believable. I know. Oh, I Because I, I loved this bike just because it was just like, bam! Like yeah. it was over in a second. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. an explosion and then nothing. Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't like it doesn't like crash and then the guy is like getting up and it has it's cracked its fuel line or something and explodes. It like. Explodes yeah. on impact. Yep. It's like a water balloon. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, a it's water really balloon, but made of fire. Fire, yes. <laughs> Some kind of fire balloon. A wizard did it. I think they call those hot air balloons. No, that's hot air. <laughs> that's what's in them. It's heated by fire. It's air. Um, so, you can barely if tell where the fire, fire ends and the air begins. If, you're, if your hot air balloon is full of fire, you've done something wrong. <laughs> yeah, they tried that once. <laughs> Yeah! New Jersey Pride, Hindenburg! Oh my god! Oh, the humanity! That is what your t-shirt says. New Jersey Pride, Hindenburg, oh, the humanity. It's like one of those established whatever year shirts. Who'd have thought this conversation about a professional murderer would get so dark? Oh man, where do I go to make shirts? (laughs) We gotta make these fucking shirts So many good shirts My Chicago Dracula cast shirt (laughs) So Arthur gets called before the head of the council Who is painting his pet leopard He's like doing a portrait of his pet leopard (laughs) He's not painting on the leopard He is making a painting of the leopard Yes for clarity And and at least twice you you get the idea That the leopard does not appreciate him No No that leopard wants to kill everyone Um and basically the gist of that is that the last job was sloppy. They didn't know that he had brought Steve on as like an apprentice. And, you know, as we saw, like Steve is basically responsible for all the sloppiness. He let the guy get away. And what's worse, he fired a gun, which leaves specific evidence. And then that guy drove down the hill, was seen by a bunch of people being chased by someone else on a bike. And then he exploded. <laughs> so, like, there's a lot of loose ends there. That they can't cover up by being like, it was natural causes, or whatever. He had a heart attack so bad that everybody hallucinated a second guy on a bike. Like, they all got ergot poisoning. Like, there's no way you can cover this up. Um, So, the council's like, you done fucked up. 
uh, if you want to make it up to us, you have to do this job, but it's a quick job. You won't have the time that you like to take to prep shit. So they're going to Napoli. Okay, now, this is another note that I wrote. All right. Um, when we first get to Napoli, um, this is this isn't a small part of the movie. Actually, this is like you know it's a, the third act. Yeah, the third act of the movie. It's the romantic little honeymoon. It is that exactly. they're not really gay. I called it uh, the mechanic, uh, the mechanic, or Charles Bronson excuse for an Italian vacation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a tax shelter. <laughs> he in that in that conversation he does say like you know they're like we want you to do this job quick. You won't have time to prep like you usually do. He's like I'll do it the way I always do, and they're like no, you won't have time. And he's like, I'm not some Cleveland shooter. I don't cowboy. And I was like, I like that. He goes to Steve's to, like, you know, let him know they're going to Napoli. And he sees in Steve's desk that Steve's got a file on him now from the council. So he's, you know, a target. All right. They go to Napoli. Uh, He brings him to this romantic little restaurant where he's like, yeah, they make this wine here themselves. And... They don't make enough to, you know, distribute. They just have enough on hand. And he's like, you know, yeah. he sips. He's like, yeah, it's pretty good. He's like, no, you have to savor it. Savor everything, you know, because this is romance. <laughs> I am in love with you. <laughs> like, that's really, like, it's very romantic. Um, and he sticks an entire ice cream cone in his mouth yeah. in the very next scene. <laughs> he's like, oh, he maintains <laughs> eye contact the whole time. Now they're, they're casing... Uh, the yeah. target, yeah, yeah, they're following yeah, the guy, yeah. and he's got a wife, and they're following them. And so, yeah, he's, like, sightseeing, quote-unquote. He's got these binoculars that have a camera built into them, so he can, like, press a shutter on top of one of the, like, cylinders of the binoculars, mm-hmm. and it takes a photo. Is that real? Is that, like, a real thing? Has anybody ever heard of that? Here's, well, the, he here's also, the thing, is he, that, like, they always used to do spy nonsense. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 70s and 80s. Because if it was in a Bond film, yeah. I wouldn't even worry about because it. Because remember, but in, this, I was like, in the first scene, he uses what appears to be a... Uh, astronomical telescope that he screws onto his camera <laughs> yeah that's yeah. true like Which it is was, straight up a telescope i was like it's either real or it's camouflaged where it's like oh i was just uh setting that up to look at the stars or whatever you know <laughs> yeah 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 because like that's an innocent reason to have a big yeah. telescope so it's like i mean either, either i always or, come to this yeah. abandoned apartment during the day to do my star watching <laughs> <laughs> i mean no you're not wrong yeah uh, no one's gonna argue with that guy. Yeah. Yeah. When when he's like scoping out um, the the guy, you know, doing his daily routine, he's like eating an ice cream cone. But then he lifts up his binoculars to get his photos. So he puts the whole ice cream cone in his mouth. And I was just like, how undignified. <laughs> James Bond would never. <laughs> Although I am going to Photoshop that hundred <laughs> percent. James Bond ice cream cone sticking out of his face. Roger Moore would. Roger Moore would. <laughs> and it would be great. He would make it work. Roger Moore was like the fun, yeah. fun bond. He would do it and make you look like the asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, their plan is they're going to uh, make it look like a diesel leak on this guy's boat. Um, yes. You know, and explosion from that. They're going to scuba over, which I realized uh, that Steve is technically scuba Steve. Yeah. From, I'm sure, future episode Big Daddy. <laughs> And uh, they go over there, they get on the boat, and, you know, there's some henchmen and stuff, like, guys patrolling the deck, but, like, they go into the sleeping quarters, and it's just, like, rolled up blankets and shit, and he's like, you know, it's a trap. So, they shoot a couple of the guys, they, you know, put their scuba ship back on, 
which is which is a very tense scene while two speedboats are coming at their location they're trying to wiggle their flippers yeah, back on put flippers back on and the and the goggles and then you know and then he's like quickly aqua lad escape back to the sea and then they fucking dive in and they swim ashore and um Bef- but before then, he did place the explosives. Yeah, he he had left uh, a big batch of C four yeah, with a timer, two, two bricks, two timers, two of them? for okay. like five minutes or whatever. Yeah, and they swim off. You know, he's, and he's got like, a whole bag full of these little. Yeah, you know. and he's because and yeah, and he's like, uh, he's like, when's that thing supposed to go off? And he's like, right about now, and it explodes. And I a hundred percent tying into the romance, the romantic subplot, and the romantic tension of this uh, little murder vacation, this working vacation. Mm-hmm. I 100% think that that explosion looks like a heart. <laughs> well, I, I actually wrote down decent boat explosion. It really is. Yeah, <laughs> this is a decent a, explosion. A lot of the things that, like, explode or crash in this are pretty good. Yeah, it's like yeah. It, had, it had a good, like, uh, det- uh, detritus rain down. Yeah, and, yeah it, was, it was a pretty good explosion. Yeah, it was, like, me. at, like, dusk or, you know, like, at night. And, like, looked really, looked really nice. Yeah. Just well shot. Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, a lot of the like stunt and effects work like that is really good in this. It's Michael Winner. It's the same director that did the Death Wish movies, mm-hmm. um, which I think Death Wish was before this, the first one. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think it was right before this. Uh, 1974, so two oh, years after. after. This. Okay, so he did this, then he was like, "Oh, I have a guy in mind for for Death Wish. Mm-hmm. I know a guy." And he's like, "Hey, Chuck." You want to play an architect whose family gets murdered and you get to kill, among others, Jeff, a young Jeff Goldblum? And he's like, where do I sign up? <laughs> you had me at Goldblum. <laughs> you had me at killing a young Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Finally. The prophecy is complete. <laughs> what a fucking stupid joke. <laughs> oh, shit. So... I didn't realize Chicago Dracula had a prophecy. <laughs> they always do. Draculars always have prophecies. Um, That's like rule one of Dracula. Pretty much. <laughs> I've crossed an ocean of time to be with you in this pizza parlor while the Cubbies are playing in the World Series. <laughs> See? Chicago. With Michael Shannon as doesn't matter anybody. Literally anyone. He's a Chicago guy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm looking for Dracula. <laughs> He's also one of your favorites. Oh, yeah, definitely is. He's the man. Fuck, he should be in more fucking movies. Anyway, um, so then a car chase erupts because uh, not everybody off the boat, you know, in the speedboats died in the explosion. So a, a, a brief car chase uh, ensues, which ends with him drop another one of the C4 bricks like a goddamn Easter bunny out the back of their speeding car. And he's like, he looks at it and he like eyeballs how much time to put on the timer. He like twists the little fucking little egg timer thing. And he's like, yeah, that's about right. And he puts it out and just blows up. And the car initially drives like through it, but it's like a little on fire and then it just explodes. He's kind of holding it like the holy hand grenade where it's like, you know, three is the number you shall count yeah oh god i would love to hear charles bronson do the fucking the rules of the holy hand grenade thou shalt not count to two unless you further count to three four is right out um yeah so 
they get to the uh, well. The... He he goes like you know uh, Steve Jim Michael Vincent is like oh that's cool they're all dead and he's like no he was on an enormous walkie talkie we didn't mention this oh the guy's <laughs> walkie talkie <laughs> antenna is like three feet long he's like hanging out the oh, window of more the car because he can't even kind of fit this thing in the window it's hilarious it's like a dog with his head out the door <laughs> like head out the window but he's like yelling into this giant like walkie talkie thing. And yeah, it's like and it's like the length of a like fencing rapier. Like it's ridiculous. Um, and so he's like, yeah, the guy on the other end of that enormous walkie-talkie will be, you know, heading heading us off at the pass. And they like drive a little bit, and they're like, oh, it's a roadblock. So his plan is, you know, We're slow, stick slow down. Brick of the C four. Yeah, slow down. When we get about a hundred yards, jam this on the gas pedal, and we'll get out. And you know, keep it in first gear so it rolls ahead. And so that happens. They start shooting. That drives up to the roadblock, explodes. Uh, it's a pretty good shootout. It's a little not edited super, super well. I here's, wasn't sure where it There's was. a lot of very twangy bullet ricochets. Oh, yeah. It sounds like a Western like firefight. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, they have the long-range shotgun. Yeah. Uh, a... a not even a you long barrel. Have one of those. Not even a long barreled shotgun. This is a short barreled shotgun that can shoot quite far with accuracy. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta have one of those. I got That's it from this. Halo. <laughs> one of those, I don't know. Nah, they they would Call have of that Duty there. Special it's too Warfare. Unrealistic. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Call of Duty Special Warfare. Yeah. Um, Get all the uh, multiplayer dudes all pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they have run out of bullets. They uh, get past, you know, all the dead guys in the burning cars, and they get into a non-burning car. Good choice. I That's the one I would have picked. Um, and they're driving up the road, and they're being followed by one more dude in because another non-burning car. Because there was one car. more not-burning yeah. car. Right. And, and they're one, both out yeah. of bullets, but and he, he grabbed up a, a machine, machine, gun. machine gun. So fucking Bronson pulls over by a backhoe, hotwires it. That was a bulldozer, it. but yeah. Oh, maybe it's a bulldozer. Yeah. And he hotwires it. And then, like, that guy turns around this, like, narrow, like, fucking country road on this mountainside. And there's Charles Bronson driving construction equipment. And he pushes the fucking car right off the road. And we watch this car fall for, this, like, what feels like five minutes. This thing it tumbles, just falls for so long. This thing tumbles down a mountain so hard it folds in half at yeah, one point. The car, like, just ceases to be a car. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it like, makes, like, five or six turns and then starts folding itself in yeah, half. It's, it's like when they would throw a dumb off of a cliff in like old movies yeah, yeah. except that this is an actual factual yeah. car <laughs> I call it Karagami <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad not even yeah. <laughs> um, and they go back doesn't even their... really explode just is real no no like I don't know what's what's worse than totaled yeah no it's <laughs> like it's incredibly yeah. fucked. If it wasn't like done be... by a mountain, that fucker would be a cube. <laughs> yeah, no, they were. They would be picking up pieces of this car for like months. Yep, it's just like it's just like shredding itself going down this mountain. It's great. It's wild. Yeah. Um. Again, they go, they go back to their the, uh, the things oh. that 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 crash or explode in this are yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's real destruction porn where you know you get your money's worth out of it. Yeah. Um. Apparently, uh, that sequence was. Uh, caused a minor scandal because pretty frequently in the 70s they would take little cuts of effects from big budget films and use them in smaller budget films but whatever film ripped this off it aired a couple days later in turkey after 
the mechanic had dropped and a bunch of people had seen both of them and flooded things with like complaints about <laughs> them ripping off the sequence. Wow. Yeah. Way to go, Turkey. Yeah. Don't stand for that shit. Yeah. Get your own car. <laughs> Throw your own car off your own fucking mountain. I Other mean, movie. I mean, there's a ton of stuff of like stock footage being reused and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. For like, well, yeah, that's stock big, footage. That's for different. These bigger deal things. Like, yeah, yeah that was a serious issue. For for like, listeners who don't you know, know, forty years ago. For <laughs> listeners who don't know, stock footage is there's a library of stuff that was filmed that you can just use if you have access to that library. Yeah, like if you need like a rabbit over there or something, right. You can have you this need, rabbit. <laughs> right. It's like Getty images, but for footage, and you know they used it for years. But it would be like, oh, we just need like. The clouds, clouds going over a river. Okay, cool. Or like, you know, the sun going down in the desert. Okay. Like, it just these random things that you might need, yeah. but not have time to film. An here's, orca. Yeah, here's a whale. <laughs> here's a train going by. Like, just anything you might need. But this is not that. This is, no. they filmed the fucking thing, and then somebody else stole it. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, fuck you. Because it's, yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not stock footage. They go back to their little romantic via, and they celebrate with some more of that wine that he likes. Okay, so. Yeah. I'm going to take a, take a short cut right before uh, we're nearing the end of the film to go back to the uh, original idea of like a romance. Now, see, again, just to, just to bring it up, is it so Bronson's character knew, knew that Steve was after him. Yeah. Um, and he did it anyway. Yeah. Not only did he do it anyway, but he invited Steve along. Yeah. Like that he didn't have to take Steve. Yeah. Uh, and my thing is, it's even more interesting if it was the original plot, because it is, to me, thinking that uh, Bronson's character is hoping to forego his own assassination by uh, building their relationship. Yes. yes. And at the, the at this yeah. part that's about Don't to come leave, up... Don't leave, baby. We can make this work. Yeah. At, at this yeah, yeah. Part it's a real about, save the relationship moment. Yeah. yeah. And at this part, I think that, like, it's, it's the accumulation of that idea. Yeah. Of yeah. trying to, like... Because even, even without the uh, the original plot line, it is him and his mentor, maybe I can convince him, like, that we are a good team. I am, like, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Right. So it's just like, it well, adds another layer to it that makes yeah. it interesting. I mean, so I'm meaning this more than halfway, taking it in this realm, but in the text of this film as it is, they both have real shit relationships with their fathers. Which was and... also always gay coding back, or queer sure, coding back then. Sure, sure. But... As, as, as they did back then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but this is sort of like a, a, a mentor-student relationship in a way that like is like, maybe we can have some redemption in that way. Mm -hmm as long as you don't kill me. Kind yeah, exactly. Of, you know? yeah. Right. And so like, even just, you know, but, but again, like they're not really leaning into that very much. That's me taking a couple of things over here and a couple of things over there and putting those together to make it make more sense. Yeah. It really should, it, uh, and, it would actually have been better. Like, even if you like get, disregard any of the original plot line, sure. I think it would have been better if they had uh, tried to bring that to light more. Yeah. about him like yeah because it's just in passing even a, even a little thing of like you know positive reinforcement or something because i don't think that like you get a lot of like him being like you know oh you haven't done this before but not like a that was really good mm -hmm. and i think if you have just one of those then that makes it more of like a a like positive father-son relationship but they kind of stop short from yeah. actually doing that yeah 
great job shooting that guy. Yeah, like, yeah. just, you know, or, like, you really had my back back there or any of that where, like, you're yeah, having yeah. some emotionality in this Cause, yeah, without I just, it just being subtext. I just thought it yeah. was really interesting. I mean, the whole yeah. part, like, him and, in, like, intentionally inviting him along after he knew this. Yeah. And Yeah, because there's that moment where he's like, Oh, that's your next thing. Like, you gotta go to, you know, gotta go to Italy. And he's like, "Am I going?" And he's like, "Yeah, you're coming." You know, like. Yeah. Uh, so, and not only that, he he leaves himself open multiple times during their time in Italy. Like, you know, yeah. uh, Steve has been armed next to him in non like crazy location. He could have shot him and left him on the boat. He could have done all these things. Yeah. Yeah. So it leads up to this point where there might be some redemption between them. Yeah, and there is a moment on the boat where. Um, Bronson has his like back to a window, and a guy like comes up, and and Steve's like, you know, duck, and he shoots through the window, kills the guy. Yeah. So you know, Bronson's like, all right, he saved my life, so like maybe he's not gonna kill me, mm-hmm. like maybe. But really, it's it's the same thing as you know the way Bronson is with like I want everything to look like it was a you know a excusable you know act of God or natural causes or whatever. Steve wants to be like. I want to be the one that kills him. Yeah, mm-hmm. Steve's definitely, and, and again, in the text of, of this sequence and stuff like that, he's kind of like, no, I want to make my rules. I want to kill who I want to kill when I want to kill them. Yeah. yeah. Like, very sociopathic. Yeah. Um, no one will be the boss of me. Yeah. yeah. Which I guess he sees as a failing of Arthur's. Is like, well, you had bosses, and that's why you're getting killed now. Because yeah, they, they hired they, me. They did specifically bring that up at the end. Yeah. yeah, when he was walking out the door. Yeah, but yeah. so yeah, what what happens is yeah, they're back at the the you know the via. Yeah. Yeah, and they're having uh, some wine, celebratory wine, yep. and they start to you know like pack up and everything, and Bronson like sips his, you know, and, the, and then he s- smells the glass, and he picks up the bottle, and he smells the bottle, and he's just kind of like, huh. And then he, like, puts the bottle down and he goes, oh, what the hell, let's go. And, like, they start to leave, but he, like, starts to stumble and, uh, like, falls in an armchair and then onto the floor. And Steve is like, it's brucine, which I looked up, is related to strychnine. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was something I wasn't familiar with. Um, yeah, and he's like, you know, he's like, you'll be dead inside of two minutes. It'll look just like a heart attack. I coated the inside of your glass. Yeah, because it, it becomes clear in solution. He's like, so I coated the inside of the glass, let it dry... And then once you poured the wine in, it was still clear. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, I thought you'd like that because it's, you know, so. Yeah, honestly, I, I couldn't tell if he actually smelled the poison or he was expecting to smell poison. Yeah. And that's why he was like, ah, whatever. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I can't, I, I don't know what, what, what I'm supposed to think there, whether or not he knew it or didn't. Yeah. He might have just been like, like oh, I well, guess he didn't was trying to kill me. Yeah. Or he could have been like, well, I drank it already. Well. Yeah. He might have been, because he's smelling his glass and then smelling the bottle, he might have been like, did somebody poison us or did he poison me? Oh, that's maybe. Be, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too. Yeah. It's like, you live that life, you don't know who the fuck's yeah, got yeah. your it's, it's a bad thing to not be entirely <laughs> clear on Yeah, this point. right? <laughs> uh, Steve goes back to Bronson's house. Yeah. So which we didn't really talk about, and now is the time oh, to talk right. about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Put uh, a pin in it about two hours ago, and yeah. now it's time to remove the pin and discuss the house. So the house... Is very nice. And the first time you see it, it's just like a very extravagant it's, house. Yeah, it's just his living room for the most part. Elegantly appointed. But he has yeah, a nice I mean, smoking jacket. Yeah, he's got leather Lo- furniture. Yes. He's got a Bosch. He's got this like gun rack that slides apart to be his murder pegboard. <laughs> yeah, which is great. Uh, 
But, like, that's so funny that you have your guns out in the open, but then, like, who you're actually going to kill and how you're going to do it. Guns are legal. Killing people is, I guess, not. I know, but, I like, I don't know. Well, it's also, like, I kept on drawing um, relations to the to Leon, the professional. Professional, yeah. Just, like, in some of the mannerisms between everything. And it just it reminds me of Gary Oldman, like, putting on the classical music. Because, like, every yeah. time he's about to do his murder planning, he puts on opera. He puts on this classical piece. Yeah. And it's just Charles Bronson in a smoking jacket. Yeah, with his little pipe clicking his pipe yeah, on his teeth. It's just so, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> I'm deep in thought. <laughs> I'm pondering. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and then a little later we see his, like, foyer? And his foyer, y'all, foyer. foyer, is a goddamn rainforest cafe. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a ton of plants. He's got like a like pool that has like a bridge over it. It's got a waterfall. Yeah, there's a rope bridge. I think the fucking Bangarang kids are up there. The Lost Boys from Hook. It looks like I didn't catch this, but the Imdba trivia like pointed out what pinball machine he had. I didn't see a fucking pinball machine. I don't remember. Like it's just. What's that fucking Mexican restaurant from South Park? Oh, oh, Casa Bonita. Which Casa is Bonita. An place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's Casa now Bonita. Owned by South Park. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard that. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's like Casa Bonita. Like it's like crazy. It's just like his foyer, and then like he has more normal house on the other end of it, which just looks like the front of a house. And I was just like, well, that shit is fucking wild. It's not as. It reminds me of um, Play Misty for me. Yeah, I was gonna his, mention. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. His whole like little stepping stone. You gotta cross the like pond to get to my front door. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, he's got like a courtyard, and then like there's an open air part of it that yeah, he's got little like. Oh, I gotta walk across these little fucking stepping st- stones through this little pool. That makes less sense because his character's just like a radio DJ. Yeah, like I, I could it made I less could... sense because you, you did it in the voice of Vince McMahon. No, it's <laughs> no, me Clint Eastwood. Yeah, Clint Eastwood. Oh, okay. Vince McMahon is like this. Oh yeah, it's okay. a little, a little different. <laughs> a little gravity. You're fired. <laughs> You're oh, fired. Oh boy, that was bad. You're oh. fired. <laughs> But he's like walking around like, yes, this is my digs, I guess now, because like I make the rules. I'm my own guy. It's like, dude, there's got to be property thing. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like he's just he's in there because like he can totally be in this guy's house. Like it's the kind of like or at least the way I was reading it was like, you know, oh, really like no gods and no masters. Like I can just fucking be in here. Yeah. I can take your little ball of wax as a trophy and I can take your car. Yeah. Or maybe that was his car. That was Steve's car. OK. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so, like, I don't think he was trying to, like, live in that house or just be in that house. I think he was just, like... Getting a little that, rush from it. Yeah, yeah, doing that fucked up thing of just, like, oh, yeah, being in your space. And, yeah. and now, you know, now I've defiled it by being there kind of thing. Even yeah. though you were living there right. with your not-boyfriend. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he goes out and he gets in his car, and there's a note taped to the rearview mirror. And it says, Dear Steve, if you're if reading you this, I didn't come back from our little lovely getaway vacation and you uh, by by closing the door severed a 13 second filament boom you're dead (laughs) and then the car explodes and it's like 
car credits. Cut. Yeah. The car explodes and credits hit at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it's like Mary Tyler Moore level yeah. of perfection and timing. It's great. <laughs> but honestly, the fucking note should have ended with like you've seven a thirteen second filament. Boom, you're dead. The movie's over. <laughs> like it should that's what it should have been. It's great. I remember the first time we watched that, when that happened, I laughed so hard. Yeah. Because it's like, it's shocking. And the credits, because the opening of the movie is him, like, parking somewhere, walking a couple blocks, going upstairs to this, you know, uh, apartment to stake out the uh, apartment from the beginning. And the credits all roll during that whole sequence. So the end credits is, like, two screens of, like dolly grips and whatever and thank you to panavision or whatever and then we're out the credits in total at the end are like 35 seconds long and the movie's like done and it was back on the menu and i was just like holy shit it's wild yeah get in get out get on with it yeah uh so yeah that's the film is there anything else anybody wanted to talk about i think we covered everything i wanted to mention yeah no just mostly that like would have been way more interesting if we had actually like oh, yeah, been no, examining yeah. everybody's you know emotions and motivations here, if like we, it is with anything. Yeah, if we had done just a little bit deeper on any front, uh, the gay subtext, uh, yeah, father son relationship yeah, subtext. Yeah, they both like, had yeah. the problem that could have also worked as yeah. a better connection. Yeah, it could have. You know, like any of that could. I mean, it's there a little, but the movie's not like. I wouldn't say overburdened with symbolism and subtext or anything. Like, you had room to put more Yeah. In. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a lot of dialogue. You have no. some pretty and you bonkers don't need you don't need sequences with, like, Jill Ireland and with, uh, you know, that other girl. The Jill Ireland thing I still am trying to unpack. I, you know, think it's to... I'm, I'm I think pretty it's sure just... that's in there just because Charles Bronson's like, you're going to put my wife in your sure. film. Sure. <laughs> but like but the scene i think is like trying to really hammer home his loneliness by yeah yeah by showing us like what we think is just a troubled relationship sure. and, then and then the then rug is pulled out a, from a, under us yeah. and it's all yeah it was, it's, it's it was, a full-on girlfriend experience prostitute yeah. situation yeah it was, it was something that could have been a very good point of the movie without it because they tried to do it super intense all at once then it's over like you yeah know, it's like uh, if they had strung it out or like, yeah, because yeah. I was just thinking when you said the uh, uh, dialogue doesn't matter and it doesn't because actually in this movie, Charles Bronson of all people does a lot of emotive faces, even though he has very few things when he smiles, you can see a reason for it. Like yeah. something yeah, yeah, is yeah, happening yeah. where he is like finally finding enjoyment in something. Yeah. It's very deliberate. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's mostly because of something Steve did. Yeah. And, and that's where you get a lot of that yeah. from. Yeah. No, his emoting like carries weight because yeah. he's got that fucking he's, craggly yeah. catcher's mitt face where he's just like, you know, always kind of like scowling and serious and so deadpan that when he has any kind of reaction, it's like, oh, wow. That's an important reaction. Yeah. yeah. Right. And like Michael Winner, you know, the director, like gets you know make sure to showcase all those things like so that we're we're really like soaking it in yeah because i i noticed every small yeah. smile in the movie that he whenever yeah. it showed him just starting to grin it you could see the the cause and effect and it was really good in my in my opinion on yeah that. no yeah. i i think so um 
And his interactions with Steve are all great. Mm-hmm. Except for the handball. The handball doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't make any sense to me. That's the one thing you could cut, and the movie's exactly the same, and it doesn't add or detract at all. If this was a series, that would be in the intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would just yeah, be yeah, the part yeah, that yeah. plays during the intro. Yeah, over the yeah. opening credits. Yeah. Standing tall on the wings <laughs> of my dreams. And they're playing handball. Rise and fall. And they're, like, throwing a fucking torpedo at somebody. <laughs> What I we referred to him, we both separately referred to him as the MacGyver of murder. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. it's just like you can tell he just hates just killing people. It's just like, hold on a second, I can make this look like natural causes. Get me a coconut, a kiddie pool, a cool. length of PVC pipe. I mean, three Archie comics. And you're just I like, mean, what are you doing? I mean, also you have the wine and the, you need to savor it and stuff, and you have the sequences of him in his smoking jacket, just looking at his photos, just. He's connecting the dots yeah. and and so it's it's not even just about getting the job done for him he actually has like a lot of enjoyment and meaning wrapped up in making these elaborate bullshit nonsense things yeah yeah it's not the like, destination it's the right. process it's his own little like mandala of death <laughs> well that's the title of our second the mechanic sure. book sure but just yeah this this thing that is going to be but a brief you know extinguishing of a candle but we're going to do it in the most elaborate way possible yeah. kind of thing that's yeah. a really good way of yep. saying yeah yeah it's like that's where he gets his enjoyment he, yeah because he has to because he didn't do, have a steve well and also <laughs> due to the nature of his profession and his life before this with the with the mafia and everything like yeah. that mm-hmm. he lives outside of society so yeah. this is this is his it's his it? art and his way of spending time and his way of really scratching these like itches. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's for... his expressive self. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which seems like way too much depth to put into any Bronson film, well, let alone. <laughs> see, the thing is, there are definitely vestiges in here of a much more like cerebral and more interesting movie, and I think... so there are. Th- things you can pick at here that are kind of fun not, concepts uh, to play not with. Not to spoil the hate or great. <laughs> uh, I mean, th- we're pretty much there. Yeah, I think, like, it is, as it stands, a good movie. Yeah. But is good. it is a good movie because of all of the tendrils of what could have been a great movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, well, with that, do you want to wanna vote then? Yeah. yeah. Alright, who wants to go first? Uh, I think I just did. All right. it's, yeah. it's a it's a great watch. It is a fun movie. Yeah. It is yeah. I mean, like, it's 1972, and there isn't a lot of racism and sexism. That's already you know like thumbs Pretty up. Good. <laughs> You're already on the right track with that. I Woody mean, Allen does not appear in this film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just a, it's it's a fun movie. Uh, it's a good watch, regardless of your knowledge of the background or anything like that. But with that knowledge, it makes it even a better film seeing. Like, these parts that were, uh, like, pieces of the whole that sh- could have been. Yeah. Uh, that are still, like, uh, vestigial plot po- plot points uh, laying in the movie still. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I have to agree with all that. It's a very, like, uh, you know, Sunday afternoon movie. Like, you know, i surprised I never saw this on, like, TNT or whatever. Like, it's a good, like, movie put in a couple commercial breaks, go get a beer, you know, like, it's, yeah. It, yeah. And, and it like, it's got that kind of bond feel while being different enough just on its own that, you know, it doesn't just feel like a bond ripoff. It feels enough like bond to be like, Oh, I like bond stuff. This is, you know, like that, but it doesn't just feel like, Oh, it's another spy guy. It's boring. You know, it's not as good as those mm-hmm. it's doing its own thing. 
And then once you realize, like, it could have really fucking done its own thing and been, like, a wholly different, you know, could have been the same basic movie with just wholly different subtext and undertones. It would have been really interesting. Um, but I am going to say it's a great watch. Uh, you know, I think, like, yeah, you can look at this and, like, see the bones of yeah. the other script and see, like, what's... It's a, it's a good movie that could have been a great movie. <laughs> it's, it's a good movie that seems like it was made out of a better script. <laughs> yeah. But it's not bad. It's yeah. it's. I would recommend it. It definitely falls into s- significantly into great watch. Yeah, I've seen it once, and I wouldn't mind seeing it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I concur. I would also like to reiterate a thing that I said while we were talking about the rest of the film, but didn't talk about during the final oh. roundup, which is that all the like the 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 effects, the crashes oh. and stuff like that, and the explosions and all that is generally pretty good. Like it's. And as, and as big of a deal as we made of it, there's not that many. No. It's not, and just like, no. I was about it's to say. It's judicious use, and when they go, they go hard. Yeah, because yeah. the movie has four hits in Yeah, it. they had a big old apartment explosion, Biggest. that thing was huge. Yep. They had the motorcycle explosion. Motorcycle explosion, which they is, had oh, the, so good. Yeah. Chef's kiss, that <laughs> explosion, my yeah. God. They had, oh, it was fine. They had the boat explosion. Boat explosion's great. They had the, the car, um, car tumbling down the and, mountain. Well, they had the car had, crash and all those cars explode. Oh, uh, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The and then they block. had uh, Steve's, Steve's car, car exploding at the end. At the end. Yeah. So I guess like six. Six. What I was yeah. going to say, when you were talking about like a Sunday afternoon, blah, 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 uh, it's also for the time, I mean, because it's, it's a weird time for like gore and like heavy things mm-hmm. because you were, it was, it was like comics association was still kind of going and you had this and like you yeah had people up on arms on either side yeah um, actually just well ooh. finish what you were saying but i have a footnote yeah, it's for this. uh it's not that like gory or bloody of a movie it's yeah. it's actually like a lot of off-screen things that is would kind of make it appropriate for kids not like, yeah. yeah can you guess what this rating was pg-13 can you guess uh g general audiences it was pg Oh. PG, really? Yeah. Oh, met in the middle. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess, yeah. yeah not not no... 13, because, like, really, you don't see a lot of, like, dead oh, there's bodies suicide. or anything like that. There's the, there's yeah. the attempted yeah. suicide. There's a yeah. little blood that, that's there. The, that's, that's the, the only one thing. bit of blood. But, yeah, everything else is, yeah, it's explosions. It's stuff going boom. Yeah, it's either yeah. off screen or, like, no blood. Uh, yeah. 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 Even when he's killing Harry, we don't see Harry, like, die. No, no, no. We just see him killing Harry. Yeah, it's Harry's point of view, and the hand comes and goes over the lens, and it cuts to the funeral. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's very like bloodless and very. Yeah. But like, okay, so two years later, my you footnote. You take your kids to this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my footnote was that two years later, when he did um, Death Wish, Death Wish would actually like really rile up critics and audiences and things because people were unsure where the film and Bronson and Michael Winner and the author of uh, Death Wish, you know, was a book, mm-hmm. um, where they all stood on vigilantism mm-hmm. um, because the movie is very pro vigilantism yeah. um mm-hmm. the book is actually really strongly anti-vigilantism um the, the 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 book is very like if i'm not mistaken the book is like you know shows that this is a, a, a madness you're just as bad as you know the people that you're you know vigilantizing against or whatever yeah um but you know the movie i think came across as more pro and um yeah incited whole uh, discussions and um you know arguably copycat things there was the guy uh there's a couple things in new york one of them was like potentially uh inspired inspired the book but then there were a few things that happened after the movie came out that 
people were maybe copycats. Yeah, situation. people weren't sure. Yeah. So like, and there was a whole discussion of like national discussion about vigilantism. Um, yeah, which is like wild that you know in all those Batman movies that's rarely a thing. Oh yeah, nobody. <laughs> well, I mean, how many of you are you know millionaires that can afford to? Name I'm them? not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> can't afford to name a plane after yourself well that's the thing or... i'm not wearing hockey pads they're wearing hockey pads that's the whole thing oh, i see they're wearing hockey pads and he lands and he's like i'm not wearing they're like what's the difference between what you do and what we do i'm not wearing hockey pads mm-hmm. it'd be great if that was bronson <laughs> <laughs> it'd be great if bronson was the fucking vigilante where he's like get down on your goddamn knees in this filthy garage and then batman lands and he's like He's like, stop it, stop trying to be me, I'm me. He's like, what's the difference between what you do and what I do? He's like, oh, I'm not wearing... And Bronson's like, shut up, and he like... Beats him to death with a yeah. hockey stick. He's like, while you were talking, I put a bunch of C4 in your little underwears there. <laughs> and he walks away and Batman explodes. <laughs> Alright. Oh, that's a fun image to end the episode on. <laughs> um... Will, do you have uh, anything you want to direct anybody to your social media or to anything? Uh, no, I'm good. All right. All right, the mechanic. See it. Lobby yeah. for uh, them to remake it gayer. Yeah. <laughs> and still also only make it, release it as PG. Yeah. It's PG, which in this case stands for pretty gay. <laughs> uh, so if you'd like to, if you'd like to get in touch with us, email us uh, at Write Hate Watch Great Watch. That's W R I T E H W G W at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at H W G W Podcast on both of those platforms. You can get us every other Wednesday. That's every, every other, other Wednesday. Wednesday on the Movie John Network, uh, moviejohn.com. And please subscribe to and support the Movie John Patreon. That's patreon.com slash moviejohn for all kinds of fun stuff. And that helps keep the lights on metaphorically. And, uh, for a lot more than just you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. whole, a whole bunch of people. So even if it's you not, hated it's not this, just about me, yeah. you guys. Even if you hated this, go find something you like. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't like this, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fine. I am pretty sure that I'm the worst. So listening to me for two hours is probably torture. Yeah. But if you, thanks, Will. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to support other shows that I'm not on, <laughs> please <laughs> donate to the Movie Jump Patreon. Um, Will, thanks for coming. Uh, after work on a weeknight, uh, last minute, thanks very much. That was pizza. Yeah. And, um, Allison, as always, thanks for, uh, doing this with me. Yeah, dog. And, uh, Jericho's here. Hey, buddy. Bye. 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 Oh, bye. job free on Tuesdays. That is funny. That's, I know from comedy. (laughs) This has been a Movie John podcast.